Hi, I'm Austin, and this is Dungeons and Dracon Beams. Previously on Dungeons and Dracon Beams, the ground of the construction site was a vortex of chaos. The earth movers were adding a racket that added stress to an already pressurized situation. As the savage and bleeding polar bear swung on the seven-foot-tall bladed dinosaurs, the bucket of the earth mover tore through the side of one of the giant worms. As its organs began to plash against the ground, the wheels of the earth mover ground them into the dirt and rolled over a second massive worm that became taut with pressure before exploding viscera, which ended up in the chainsaw mouth of a third worm creature. More bladed goblins were struck down by an African elephant and a strange blue creature that looked vaguely like a centaur but with a wicked tail that ended in a scythe blade. Across the site and within a building, another one of these centaur creatures, though daintier in a shade of purple. She was working on an advanced-looking computer at a terminal while her companion, looking almost identical to her, delicately tread into another building. Inside, a man and a strange, tall gray alien with an elongated head stood. They were caught completely unawares as the door burst in and a beam of red, sizzling light shot across the room and into the wall. And where seconds earlier two beings had stood, now there was only a crater. Having thrown themselves clear, the human struggles to his feet, and after being rocked by the blast, the gray alien swipes his way out of the door, catching his claws on the purple andalite before pushing himself past them. As the gray alien takes off into the dark, the dragon beam is lowered at the human and a short beam of red light shoots out, this time with much less force. As hooves step over the shallowly breathing man on the floor, the sound goes from a regular staccato to a staggering as the poison from the gray monster's claws start to kick in. An orange blur hurtles from the rooftop down to the ground. An orangutan stands in the doorway where the scuffle just took place and sees the people sprawled out across the floor and the smoking crater in the wall. As Ape Eyes adjusts to the brightness of the room, his attention is drawn by the now completely unsteady Lavender Andalite and the clattering as two new men ran into the room. Zack, the orangutan, made quick work of knocking them out and then in an almost comically human motion flips the lights off. There's sounds of crunching and slopping permeating the air, but it suddenly stops and then there's only a beat before the primate is racing towards the woods with a mostly human teenage girl slung over his shoulder, unconscious. He is watched by Maitea with alarm and concern. A polar bear, an elephant, and two aliens gather. It sounds like a bad joke, but this was the reality of it. Aximili stepped into the void left by Dylan and found the second console. He and Maitea worked to hack into this console and uncover the trove of information. While outside, the polar bear, now clean white, stands over the body of a Hortbejer. An elephant melts away into a young girl first and then an owl, but the polar bear still stands like a sentinel, as all around him there are flurries of activity kicked up. Codes were uncovered to leave the atmosphere in a bug fighter, locations of yerk pools, strongholds were revealed, and quietly, down below all of their feet, in the silver roiling liquid, there were thousands of small slug creatures swimming unawares, and then the temperature gauge begins to tick up. In a difficult-to-locate cabin, in the woods, a giant orange ape broke a small crystal and with one deep inhale, Dylan sat up, awake. She was frantic. They both wanted to get back to their friends as quickly as possible, but Zack watched as Dylan tried to stand and wobbled. He forced them both to slow down and steady themselves as he shrank back into a teenage boy. It was still way too soon as black stripes began to spread over Dylan and Zack's faces and they take the form of tigers. Two large identical cats facing one another. And then one launches and latches onto the other. There's a brief, terrifying scuffle before they recover themselves and calmly walk out of the house as if nothing happened, the limp barely noticeable. 
Pushing themselves to get back to the construction site as fast as they can, they end up getting waylaid by Cameron as a bear, Aximili and Maitea as themselves. Presumably there's also an owl overhead, though it is silent and stealthy. Cameron has a hork slung across his broad back, and the tigers join the strange new herd, and they move back towards the cabin from where they just came. And as the evening draws to a close, this hork is restrained and slumped over in the basement cell. Cameron, Zach, Maitea, and Aximili move about the cabin, and just out front sit a tiger looking to be the epitome of dejected with its head on cross paws next to an exhausted-looking teenage girl. However, I lied to you. This evening will not be drawn to a close at all, and that is where we are now. My name is Dylan. My name is Cameron. My name is Zach. My name is Savannah. My name is Aximili Escaluth Estill. We can't tell you where we live. Or our last names. You're all in danger. Very real danger. The Yurks are infesting more people every day. There's too many of them. I'm not even sure if we can win. Oh, we can't win. Try. Maybe we can't. But we can fight. Our only hope is to hold them off until help comes. Who can know how long that will be? We have only one weapon. The Andalite morphing technology. And that's the ability to turn into any creature that we can touch. I still can't believe it. It's insane. I know. We were given this power by a brave ally named Alfangor. 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 Alfangor, who went against his people's wishes. He broke his people's laws. We fight for him. But we also fight for you. And for others. We fight for the entirety of Earth. Yeah, we've gained allies, but we've lost people along the way, too. We've learned not to trust anyone. Not anyone. Nobody. Anyone. Anyone can be a Yerk. A controller. Even you. Hopefully it matters. Light mist sprays Oscar's cabin. The bright, full moon hangs over Ocean Grove, and a star shoots through the sky with a streak trailing behind it. You see this behind the hazel eyes of the tiger, Dylan. You can't help but remember back to the night you saw Matea's ship fall out of the sky. In just a short time, So much of your life has changed. There's aliens, your dad's job, Michelle. Most people will be overwhelmed, but you find a little bit of comfort in the confidence and raw power of the tiger. Your well-defined muscles rippling under your orange and black fur. As you stand here with your friend, Zach, You see the red sash lying on the dining room table. And you're reminded of the fight you just had. And how close you were to losing a limb or limbs to a taxon. Your thick orangutan hands squeeze tight into a fist. Your life used to be cool skateboard tricks, TikTok, and going live. And now... It's tricking your enemies, espionage, and staying alive. Savannah, you have the highest kill count of all the human animals, but they still don't compare to the casualties your team has been dealt. Grant is gone. 
Reese is dead. Elfangor is dead. As everyone starts to gather, many thoughts are clouding your mind. Bravery. Anger. Calculations. But it's hard to make sense. Your head's swimming and you're exhausted. But those thoughts continue. It can't be for nothing. It has to matter. So what's next? You snap back to Cameron standing in front of you. You okay there, fearless leader? Yeah, fine. The rest of the humanimals have kind of gathered near or on the front porch. Accidentally's holding the laptop and watching the screen with one stock eye. The other is trained on Matea, who's nearby. And his main eyes watch his prince. So you guys know that we don't have much time left. We have until 5 a.m. is when that when the visitor is supposed to be feeding. And then two hours later, Candrona on the mothership. Yeah? So, here's what I think we need to do. First of all, Dylan, can you please make sure that you record that hork well, you still have the chance. Absolutely. And Dylan gets up and walks into the house. Maximili, Maitea, I think you two might be good for this job. Or Maitea, you can back out if you don't want to. But I think we should try to get the Yerk out of the hork head before we go. If we can get that as a morph. Zach, especially you, I think, that would be good to have in our arsenal. Oh. I never even thought about that. Okay. I should have thought about that earlier. I did not. I mean, gross, but yeah, sure. <laughs> I have one other thought. I don't know if it's possible to, but like, we might want to try to rig up some kind of trap where like, if that work was here, tries to escape, if we don't get the yurk out. Uh, maybe one of those white crystals that we know knocks them out. In that way, just to make sure, like it's a backup, you know? Potentially, yeah. We might want to use that. So I think Savannah then will just pause until Dylan gets back. Dylan. You descend the steps down to where the hallway with the door that leads to the prisoner's cells. You get to that door and you see in there the hork with his arms chained and just still kind of loose, but laying there, unconscious. Um, as Dylan was walking through the house, she was morphing like on the way and stopped at the top of the stairs to finish it off. I think she's gonna take a longer glance into the window just to make sure that it does still seem to be unconscious and then open the door. You see it shallow breathing, and it has a blindfold tied around its its eyes. Okay. She's going to walk up super slowly and tentatively, and just at as far away as she can be, just put her palm on it. 
you feel that tingly sensation in your hand and a wave of warmth kind of over your body. And the Hork-Bajir, his shallow breathing slows even more as you touch him. And then as you slowly take your hand off, his breathing speeds up a little bit. While she's down there, she's just going to be sitting there, like, looking over this thing's, like, whole body just to see how it's made up and how she thinks that it works. It has, like, blades on its elbows, wrists, knees, ankles, the end of its tail. Three of them shoot forward from the top of its head. It's got a sharp beak, a long neck. The blades on its knees and on its ankles... They look different from the the blades on its wrists and its elbows in the sense that the ones on on its arms look like they have been sharpened to be used in a different way than the the ones on its ankles and and knees, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. They weren't naturally sharpened the way that they are now. You can tell that by comparing the two blades. I think she's just kind of studying it, just getting the lay of the land of how... how she thinks the body moves. Looks like it could uh, climb very well. Mm-hmm. You see that at least where Cameron had sliced this orc with his claws at, at some point. They're still open wounds, but they have healed a little bit, a little bit quicker than normally what you would, you know, like they're already starting to scab a little bit, basically. Okay, cool. Well, if they're doing that, then there's no need to bandage it. So I think she's just going to walk out and go back up. Make sure the door's locked behind her. Yeah, As uh, Dylan is rejoining them, I think Savannah will just immediately launch back into it and say, all right, so I had ideas of how this might go, and I thought that initially we were going to have to use a lot of brute force, but I believe that based on some of the things that we got tonight, we can change this plan and potentially go in a little stealthier than we thought before. So I'm thinking what we do is go in and sort of teams and sort of not, but if you guys can stay here and try to get the Yerk out of that Hork-Bajir's head and record it, that could be a backup plan for us. I'm going to try to go to Xander and see if I can talk my way around getting him to help us out here tonight. But once we go in there, we'll all have Hork-Bajir morphs. We don't have to use them initially, but it gives us an option. I'm thinking, Cameron, you can fly in overhead. Give us the lay of the land. You have knowledge of football plays, that sort of thing. Perhaps you can give us a little bit of an advantage. You can see how his posse of, I assume, hork are going to move and what they're doing to protect him. And I think that Dylan, Zach, you guys, and myself can go around the outside of this. And depending on where the visitor goes during this feeding... We can see what would be most advantageous, and hopefully one of us can get the drop on him. And then, Aximili, Maitea, I want you guys to be looking at whatever ship they have there to see if there's an opportunity to get some information on it, or even maybe commandeer one of our own. Okay? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Cameron nods. I think if we all carry some of the white crystals, we should have enough. And if we need to knock or three out, we can do that with the crystals. I don't want us to use them willy-nilly, but we should all have enough to carry one. Max, uh, Matea, is there like a, a 
good way to incapacitate an Andalite? Like, besides the crystals, I, you know, is there should we go for certain joints or something? Like, they got you got tre- pressure points? I don't know. Uh, the s- side of the head uh, where the temple is, a nice blow there would knock creature out, but he is. This Yerk does have the body of a seasoned Andalite warrior. I get that. I'm just saying, like, if we if we have an opportunity, like, we want to be effective. I know how to take down a human. Well, you know, more than I do an Andalite. Uh, yes, a blow to the head will take most creatures down with that have their brains in their heads. A blow to the brain. God, got it. Thank you. All right. So I think that if we get that opportunity, we should do so. Before that, we should go in as quietly as we can. Hopefully the hork are somewhat separated in the trees and we can try to quietly take them out. That's where I'm hoping that Xander can really assist us. We'll find out. Any questions on that? No. Okay. If we fail there and we get the opportunity, I think we should try to get into the ship. If we can get in there with the information that we have, this is gonna sound crazy, but perhaps we could find the pool where the visitor is going to feed. And if we can get that Yerk morph, then we can do a swap. So while he's still in the water, if we already had Zach placed in there, I'm seeing you because I think you would be the best one to kind of initiate that contact with his host body. Then I think we could potentially make that work. But that's plan B. What's what's plan A? Plan A is get him while he's still outside in the open feeding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Prince Savannah, I do not know any way to get the Yark out of the hork unless he is close to the end of his feeding cycle. Hopefully he is, but I was hoping that we could sort of try what we did before and threaten him out. Threaten him with We're not going to do it, but threaten him with killing the host body. What if we gave him an alternate, like, not not a different host, but like, your only option to live is to to leave, and like, we'll keep you alive and safe. But you cannot be in this, this body. I don't know. It's a promise, but it's not necessarily one I'll follow through on. That's interesting. I mean, it would be, it might be something, I don't know how we'd follow through on it, but maybe we could try to figure it out, but that's, that's fine. Whatever it takes. My, my second thought was, I don't know if it would scare him maybe into its submission or whatever, but like, if I show him that we're human, like, hi, we don't fear anything that you have because we are so in control here. Here's all our cards on the table because we just don't care. 
get out of that body. You know what I'm saying? I don't... It's really risky. It's the only other angle I've thought of, though. That feels too risky to me. I mean, okay. we all need to be on this other mission in a few hours, and if that yeah. pork bajer escapes, we're gone. Yeah, I know. Um, if we could stay here, that might be something, but I just don't think we can risk it right now. Okay. Do you think it'd be better for me to be in the room? Do you, do you want me to try to negotiate with him? I think you can at least assist. Um, I think for now we should attempt to continue to make them think that we're Andalites. All of us are Andalites, but, you know, perhaps you can morph the hork or something, spin that into some narrative about already having them. Okay. I'm also, this is one last just thought. I'm just exploring every option I've got. Anything I can think of, so... He turns to Max. Dude, if this is offensive, like... Just tell me and I'll stop, but I don't mean any offense. It might be more effective... For him to think that we're Andalites, if I can look like one. So, like, you know how you kind of look like all of us? And then he looks at Maitea. He says, is there a way that I could look like both of y'all? You see them look at each other for a second and Matea's eyes do like a smile like the Andalite smile and Max looks back to you Frolis maneuver yeah I never learned how to Frolis uh, maybe you can show me well if they seem like they're hesitating he's gonna launch into like even more I mean I'm just saying like you know and he like looks at Dylan he's like you guys made, you know, cute twins, but, like, I just don't think it's believable that there's a whole bunch of the same Andalite on a team. I'm just wondering if maybe we give them more things to look at. It might help, you know? Uh, it is not really that. It's not the the offensive part or that I don't understand your logic. And he kind of rubs the back of his head. Uh, <laughs> anime. The only time that I've done it was the time when I combined all of you all. I never tried it before that. Oh. Well, good work, man. Pulled it off. Thank you. Um, I can try to coach you through it. I don't know. I'm just... If, if everybody agrees it might help, like, maybe... Maybe that'd be good. It is Axmillion Maitea's bodies. They must agree to this. And he just, he nods and he like looks back at the Andalites. First, Axmillion will, he'll take a pause. I do not like the idea of somebody morphing my body, but if it will help these efforts and it is a flawless maneuver and you combine the DNA, I would be okay with it. If if it helps, dude, like, I'll I'll not do it without talking to you first. You know what I mean? I would only ever go Andalite if we needed it for a mission, and like you'd be in on that decision, as long as you're part of our team. That sentiment is appreciated, and I I've grown to trust this group. Thanks, man. 
as like the group turns to Matea, she still has that smile on her face. She looks to Dylan and she'll thought speak to everybody. I don't think I want anyone to have my DNA. Anyone else. Okay. I have to respect that. I appreciate that sentiment. Well, that was the last idea I had. I mean, I'm still down to try to negotiate with this guy. Since she will not cooperate, maybe you could go in in a morph. Zach? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, I mean, I can go as kombucha or something. I would feel more confident with you taking the lead. Okay. He, like, looks at my Taya again. He's like, there's nothing I can do to change your mind. What did you have in mind? I, I mean, I laid it on the table, man. Like, I, I, I don't even want to morph you, really. I just need to, like, morph a, a frolic thing. I don't, I don't think so. And he, like, looks at the rest of the human animals, all the human ones. <laughs> He's like, guys, I, any ideas? Not currently for things that I would be willing to trade. He looks at Dylan. Hey man, I've already got it. Maybe just a favor or something for the future. <laughs> Dylan elbows the shit out of Cameron. <laughs> Looking at Cameron though, Zach's stupid boy brain goes, and he turns around and he goes to my head and he goes, you ever had chocolate chip cookies she cocks her head what is a chocolate chip cookie ask Millie's eyes like widen a little bit only one of the top three best foods on the planet foods yeah you can go human right yes what if I introduce you to something that will completely blow your mind Max back me up on this that is correct. It will blow your traitors. That's in everybody else's ha- head. <laughs> Be cool, man. Be cool. <laughs> she looks and she doesn't know the whole food experience yet. Like, yeah. She'll say, you want me to make this rash decision, this trade of my DNA for something that I'm not even sure exactly what it is based on not quite a friend, not even quite, almost an enemy's recommendation. Excuse me? The stock eyes look at Aximili. I mean, have we not been assisting you in your mission? Yes. Yes. You have. I think Savannah is going to look incredulously at Maitea right now. And she's going to, like, just preface this with, listen, Maitea, it is your body and you of course decide what to do with it but i just need to clarify for myself did you just insinuate that it would be ridiculous to assist somebody with something because you promised them you don't know what and they would have to go in and find it themselves because they didn't quite know what it is and insinuate that that was a terrible trade (laughs) 
Dylan puts her finger up and she's like, hey, yeah. Honestly, Zach's just kind of looking at, looking at Savannah and like looking back like. Matea stops like right there and kind of glances at Dylan and looks down and she says, you're correct. Maybe I am being a little too harsh and uh, hypocritical. She'll look back to Zach and, and she'll say, nonetheless, I will not take the cookie. <laughs> Whatever. I'm done with it. And like Zach just goes and sits down. I think Savannah's just going to immediately like move on past this. Like if Maitea says no, Savannah's that's she's going to support that. That's she understands. Mm-hmm. So like she's just going to kind of move on and, and be like, all right, Dylan, Cameron, Eximilian, do you guys have any? Issues, holes, anything, concerns with what we're talking about? I don't think so. Do do we know, like, is the color of a sash like a status thing? Or is it like a politics thing? Or... From what we know, I believe it to both be a status symbol and potentially a symbol marking which wizard they might be loyal to, but I don't believe we know enough about their system to be able to use that to infiltrate. The red sashes mark Visser 3's elite warriors. Oh. If I morph that dude and put on his sash, then maybe I could get really close to him? Yes. Is that kind of what you're saying? If we can... And she's like kind of dithering on this almost, but she goes, if we can guarantee that that will not draw unwanted attention, we could potentially use that. We don't have a lot of knowledge. We'd have to make sure that we can get one of the current Horkbyshire guard out so that I can replace him. We'd have to make sure that, like, I don't know how close they're even supposed to be. I mean, I've seen him walking through ranks of them, so gotta be pretty close, but I, I mean, even if I make a move on him, even if I'm successful, we don't want to kill the host. No. And then, like, any other work because you're there would pile on, so that might be a problem. That's why we're hoping for Xander to help us out, so we can stealthily take them out and take their place. Yeah. Okay. Maybe if I can just punch him in the side of the head. Can't Xander not hurt people? And, or cannot. let people be hurt? He cannot hurt people could potentially create an illusion just to help us with the non-lethal damage that we will be doing in order to assist the greater good. I'm not saying he's going to help us. I'm saying I'm going to go make a plea and see if he will. Dude, if he can do that, he could just like make the actual viscer disappear and put a fake one on the somewhere else. That's the hope to get him out of there. We don't have to worry about the other work this year then, right? We'll still have to get close enough. Yeah, I think your thoughts speak, so that's not gonna work either. All right, so I'm just checking out that area. And am I going now? No, sorry. When we are on this mission, when we all meet back up there, Cameron, you should stay here and assist with getting this yerk out. 
Or you can come with me if you really want, but I figured it'd be more boring. Whatever you say, Captain. Captain now. Okay. Mm-hmm. She'll give it, like, another beat, just to see. And then she'll turn to Maitea and say, Now, Maitea, I've included you in our plans. Is that acceptable, or would you rather be excused from all of this? It is acceptable. Thank you. Okay. All right, then. I guess we get to work. Okay. Max, let's go wake up a work here. As you demorph, he turns with you. Cameron runs to the kitchen, grabs a bag of chips, and then re- and joins Zach and Max. When he's in the kitchen, I'm just going to yell, Hey, grab one of the uh, off-white crystals. Okay. Actually, grab one of the white ones, too, in case we need it. Okay. Savannah's going to be morphing outside. She's turning into uh, to Owl. As soon as she gets to the point in the morph where she can thought speak, she's going to be like, Axe Millie? Yes. The reason I paired you up with Maitea tonight is also so you can keep an eye on her. Do not let her betray us. I figured that you would be the best at being able to spot it. But don't jump the gun either. Understood, Prince Savannah. Savannah will head out. Dylan's going to turn to Maitea and be like, I mean, you shouldn't miss out on knowing what a cookie is. How about this? If we are successful tonight, we will have a cookie to celebrate. Okay. Something to come back to. I'm probably going to still have like a cookie or two and maybe a honey bun uh, before we go. I, um, I will use it as motivation. Okay. And then maybe you'll also tell me, you know, why things went the way they did? That too. Okay. And she's going to walk to her car and grab her cell phone and then walk in the house. Zach's going to start morphing Horkajir. We're just coming off the stairwell uh, after having head down, headed downstairs. Zach's skin is turning really hard and green. It's blades, like just the nubs of blades, are starting to like really slowly push out of all the joints in the top of his head. And as his head sort of like squishes in and gets long and then hard at the front, and his neck gets longer... And then he starts to just grow, and as he's growing, the blades start growing out further. Before long, he's clomping along on his big Tyrannosaurus Rex feet, scraping the walls with his blades. As the morph finishes, and you feel cramped as you're coming down these steps, you kneel down and just kind of stop and like put your hands on the sides and you do feel wood and that's like a little comforting to you but you're still cramped and you're like mm-hmm. claws start to dig in Zach are you okay? I think the Hortagier is just gonna look around try to figure out where that sound came from you turn and you see uh, 
creature kind of silhouetted in like a bright light from the top of the steps shining down on him and it is it's scary um yeah i kind of fall forward some and start trying to scrape and run and and get away uh and i'm I'm trying also trying to i'm panicking trying to find light and an exit the ground underneath you is unstable which is is okay You, you can like keep your footing but it is like jarring at first and you turn to move away from this being but it's dark down there up is the light I look back at the the creature that's blocking the way to the light. Does it look like I could get around them or over them? He's pretty much taken up the whole stairwell. You you don't think you can make it past him without having to touch him at least? I don't know. I don't want to do that. Um, I'm, I run into the dark. It's very hard to see, and you run into something just in the middle. It feels like a piece of carved wood. You grab it, and it wobbles, but it doesn't fall over. Zach, where are you going? You run deeper into the dark, away from this figure that's in, silhouetted in the light who's moving forward. You find a glimmer of light down another hall. You chase that light. You come to some kind of new material. You scrape your claws along it, and it just makes a screeching sound. There's a clear opening in this material. and You look in, and you see another one of your kind bound by some strange vines. And that snaps you back. You see it, the other Hort Bajir. And I, I come to all at once. I see it and I kind of shake my head and I, I go, um, um, I'm here. Um, here, these are panicky. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, dude. Um, you good? Yes, I'm, I'm fine. You have control now. You're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, just give me a, just give me a minute. Like, and he, he just kind of like, <laughs> steps like past the door a little bit and kind of like just stretches and shakes his head because a lot of that adrenaline's still running through or whatever alien <laughs> adrenaline is i don't know adrenaline alien alien yeah you were going yeah. the same way i was yeah we did the same <laughs> joke it's good <laughs> after a little while matea does join in the basement zach like looks over and just to x goes uh is that part of the plan? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. I, I guess. I guess let's go. Oh wait. I'm gonna need to talk. No, I don't. No, I need. I need a thought speak out. Okay. Okay. The, the adrenaline's still making him think weird. He opens the door. Yeah. The Horkbajir's in there, still chained, still down on the ground. Yeah. Do we have furniture that he can sit on, or? Uh, there was a chair in there. Does it look like it'll hold him? Okay. No. It, it, um, it, like, you could put him in it's it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I'm honestly just going to like pick that chair up then and remove it from the room <laughs> really quick. I might hand it off to Max. Right before he walks in, Max feels a tap on his shoulder and looks over and sees Cameron. Cameron hands him the crystals. And Cameron runs back upstairs. I sort of just tap the pork on the side of the face. I try to say wake up out loud with my Horkbajir mouth. He like like rustles a little bit but doesn't wake up. Yeah, I just grab him and shake him a little harder. His head kind of lazily wobbles back and forth. He doesn't wake up. I'm just going to thought speak at him. Can you hear me, Yerk? And I slap him again. (laughs) 
as like you kind of smack his face a little bit, his beak, and slowly, croggily, the neck gets a little bit more rigid to where he's kind of holding it up. Can you hear me now? There's like groans that come from the Hortbazier. No words. I'll make this simple. Leave that head. Leave this host. And you will live. He grunts and like shakes his Hortbazier head and you see the uh, chains that he's in kind of taut a little bit as he like pulls his arms and his uh, arms are manacled and tied to his tail which makes it hard for him to do things and still kind of walk around. His head is like kind of rigid now and he seems like he's moving his head back and forth trying to, you know, get his surroundings. He has a blindfold over his eyes. Nod your head if you understand. He, he just stops moving his head. He kind of faces in front of him. Okay going to be a long, slow starvation. He still doesn't say anything, but the rigidness of his neck kind of loses some of that. Like he, it lowers a little bit. I'm just going to kind of stand up a little bit. I was like leaning down to talk kind of close to his face. And now I'm just kind of standing up. I don't know when the last time you fed was, but I know that I only have to wait three days at most. Do you want to go through that? You could leave now, and we will make sure you survive. This is your only opportunity to save your skin. He still doesn't talk. What you're saying, he's taking in and he's realizing the severity of the situation he's in. And he understands that he's going to die here if he doesn't do what you say. He, he understands it. The fact that he still hasn't said something, it says something about his like resolve. Sure. In private thought speak to Max, I'm just going to say I'm inclined right now to leave him in here and walk out and make him think that we've left. Just, you know, like, okay, you don't want to cooperate, bye. But we could, like, I don't want to push this too long because I feel like it's going to give away that we really, really, really need him out versus just giving him a, an opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and that I think that would help with your intimidation. Just as an extra note, these red sash horpagiers are the best of the best. No, oh, I know. I mean, I, I, I figured elite guard meant something. Okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna like kind of nudge him with my the, with the claw of one of my toes. Uh, on his, his leg. You do see like muscles in his shoulder ripple as he like tries to move his arms but can't. I know, keep trying. I want you to know that it's helpless. Like really give it your all. And I wait like to see if he really tries. <laughs> Almost in a panic his arms start to shake as he pulls and pulls and, and you see the chain go as, as tight as it can but it does not budge. You know what? Just give you a little time to think about it. As Matea kind of walks out too with you, her tail blade just kind of rubs on his the side of his cheek as she walks out. I don't like her, but that's a good move. <laughs> I still don't like her though. 
this whole time, Dylan, Cameron's been like watching this laptop and watching all this go down. And he kind of looks back over at you. That was kind of intense. Yeah, for real. So, how you feeling? Uh, honestly, um, not not super good at the uh, not not great. Whatever that thing was, catch got, got you good. Oh my god, it was a real alien. Like a little green man type. But like gray. <laughs> gray? What do they make them gray for? I don't know. Maybe it's like easier to blend in in space and... I don't know. Oh, Gray is the absence of color. And space is the absence is, of everything. Is, mm, well, I don't think that's right. Um, what? That space is the absence of everything? Yeah, no. I don't think that's right either. But also the color thing. Well, if you think about it, if I am right about the space and the color, then that would mean that they're the same thing because they're both the absence of stuff. Okay, cool. So you think that space is like gray? Yeah. Cameron. Yeah, space Cam is, is gray as... Yes, this, they're the, not the same, but they're the same. Like, we know, we know that's not true, though, is the thing. Uh, yeah. How do you know? You ever been to space? That's a good point. I have not been to space. All right. Have you? Because you sound pretty sure, so. Well, I've seen gray. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I've seen gray, too, and I still don't think that's correct. Well, to each their own. Okay. You want a sandwich? <laughs> she just looks down at her phone. No, not one of yours. No. All right. I'm not very hungry. What? No, she puts her phone back in her pocket. Hold on. She puts her hand, like, one hand on either side of his face and, like, tilts his head and looks at him. Are, are you okay? Oh, I'm... I'm okay. I'm just nervous. Yeah, but not hungry? You gotta be fast. We're going up against an Andalite, and I've seen Max down there in action, and he says this guy is a war prince, like, you didn't meet him, but Elfangor. And Elfangor, he was like the strongest one of them all. You should have seen him. He stood up to Visser 3, and Visser 3 was this huge, slimy beast with these tentacles and these teeth. And Elfangor didn't, he didn't give a shit. He fought him to the end, and, you know, that might be me tonight. Okay, you, you've given me some perspective, that's for sure. But, like, probably not, right? Like, yeah, yeah we got this. We yeah. got this. Okay, but for real, do you want do you want a honey bun? You didn't say honey buns. <laughs> She's gonna walk over to her bag and grab some honey buns. I already ate all mine. Yeah. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> Taryn. And Dylan is literally gonna pull out her phone though and look for a message from her dad or anything though. 
he's got some like check-in texts sent to you. Coming home? What's what's going on? I haven't heard from you in a little while. She's gonna look at her phone and say shit, and then walk back to the door and call him. Couple of rings. He picks up. Hey, Dylan. Hey, Dad. Uh, what's going on? Where are you at? Uh, I'm with Savannah. We decided that we wanted to get like a big jump start on all of this homework that they assigned us, since you know we can't go to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys working on that tonight? Yeah. Is it cool if I stay with her tonight? Um, yeah. Uh, sure. Sure. Stay over there. Um. Hey, do you know if we have any of those uh, those veggie noodles? You know, the green ones? The zucchini noodles? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, this is going to get really complex really fast. It's actually not that hard of a process, but Dad, what you're going to do is you're going to look in the drawer that has, like, all of the instruments, the stuff that you cook with, you know? Like, it's got yeah. some spatulas and some other stuff in it. There's this white hourglass-looking thing that has blades. Be so careful. Yeah. Be so no. Promise me. I promise I'll be careful. I'll be careful. Okay, you're gonna take the cap off and you're gonna get a zucchini out of the drawer and wash it and cut the ends off. Okay. 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 And then you're gonna put it in the end of this hourglass shaped thing and twist. Hang on one second. Twist. Okay. Now what? Good. Smart. Um, yeah, twist it, and that's going to make the noodles, because you made me stop buying zucchini noodles because we had the thing, remember? Ooh, yeah, I forget, forget about that. Hey, thanks for doing that. Not buying zucchini noodles? Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Because we got this thing now. Yeah. Saving money. Yeah. Please be careful. All right, Michelle's coming over. How's she doing? She's doing better. Good. She's got some uh, some ibuprofen 800s, and that seems to make her head feel a little better. Cool. Yeah, anti-inflammatories are good for, you know, getting smacked in the head. Yeah. Well, uh, be safe if you need anything. I can... Um, let me know. Okay. Can do. I'll probably see you sometime tomorrow night. Okay. Uh, let's, you know what? Let's all go get dinner tomorrow night. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, now I'm excited, so thanks. Okay. Okay. I love you. Love you too. Thank you for letting me stay. Yep. No problem. Bye, Dad. Bye. She just kind of hangs up and looks at her phone for a minute. Savannah. Takes you about an hour and a half to get back to the city line another 10 minutes to get to the place that Zach around where Zach told you that warehouse was yeah you spot Xander's car parked outside of one of these warehouses 
She'll fly right over there. I think as she's going, she'll give a quick, like, Xander, and then, like, just kind of fly around looking for a place where she can demorph. You don't get a response, but you can find a, a nice, tucked-away place to demorph away from people. So she'll just find that spot and demorph. Yeah, and that was kind of, like, around the corner to where the door to the warehouse was. And as you finish your demorph, and you come around the corner, you see that door open, and Xander kind of peek out and look around. She's not trying to hide from Xander. She'll walk up. Oh, Savannah. Hey. Um, I'm glad you're here. Oh, no. No, no, it's good. I've, the, you asked me to check in on that. The outpost one is what they're calling it. Right, correct. I've got a layout. That's wonderful. Yeah, come in. She'll follow him in. Walk in. It looks like a almost empty warehouse. There's like those industrial shelves on the wall and they're just kind of lining the wall. There doesn't seem to be too much on them. It looks like somebody wants it to look like an abandoned warehouse because you know ex what it is. He walks up to one of these shelves, easily pushes it away, revealing like an opening to another room. Takes you in there, computers, he pulls one up and you see like an aerial view of this field, you see a familiar structure set up on there and it kind of has like a blueprint grid uh, roll out on it and kind of show elevations and trees and, and all kinds of stuff. So this structure, it sits there, it looks haphazard, just look kind of like a barn or a shack just kind of put right there. There's a small fence that encloses a yard near that and that fence sits near a small ledge that goes up about 25 feet. Everywhere else is pretty flat, except there are little hills everywhere. And then on the edge, there's kind of like this tree line that comes into where that raised area was, but the rest of the field is kind of a, like a meadow surrounded by trees that are thin at first and then get thicker and form the forest at the base of the mountains. He'll point at the shack and he'll be he'll say, this is an entrance to a yerk pool. It leads down to a bay where Visser Three keeps his blade ship. It is heavily guarded. Getting in there to the blade ship, just doing that will not be an easy task. Taking the blade ship, it requires at least three beings to pilot it. Okay gesture towards the computer kind of unenhance the picture to where it's a broader view so you can see the whole thing and it'll kind of spin anything in particular that I can help you find potentially um, so this I assume sort of opens up somehow for the blade ship to come out uh, yes and he kind of points to the whole meadow where the tree line is this area moves uh, retracts and lets the blade ship rise out of it. Okay, but from the floor to where this opens would probably be too tall considering a blade ship is stored there for things to jump out of it, Horpazur, Taxon, whatever else they have down there. Unless they climbed, they would not be able to exit when the bay doors open. Okay. They will, however, would, however, be able to come up the shack entrance. Yes, unless it's cut off. Unless it is cut off, correct. Okay. And the the entrance in the shack, that just goes directly down to that bay? 
uh, yes, it leads down a significant amount of ways. Like you could probably traverse the steps within a minute or two. Okay, good to know. But yes, it leads directly to the bay. All right. Okay. I think this is good news. I think we can control the flow of anything coming up from the pool. Now, I do have another question for you. Yes. Stop me if I'm treading too far into something you don't want to know. He nods. Okay. We will be going there tonight. Well, this morning. I don't know what time it is, but we'll be going there for 5 a.m. That's when Visitor 3 is feeding. It is currently 11.45. Thank you. We're going to try and get the host body for Visitor 3 out of there. We are going to be doing non-lethal damage to everyone. We're going Please to try... wait. <laughs> Great. Um, the Chi cannot assist with... He looks and pauses for a second. In my current state, I cannot assist with any damage, any harm. You will not have to, and I would not want you to. Would you potentially be able to just provide some illusions so that we can safely remove a still alive and intact host body from the scene? I'm sorry, Savannah, I cannot... I may be able to help with the extraction if it is forced upon me, but I cannot help you infiltrate. I cannot knowingly. Fine. Yes. Because I know what will happen once you get in there. I would more like you to help prevent us from getting killed. That helps. That does. I will definitely do that. Fantastic. Yeah. If there's any way you can cover us, you know, just to make it so... You're not helping us do anything or anything like that. You're just making sure that they can't find us to target us. I can wait in a spot for you. And make it harder to track once you reach that spot. Is that acceptable? That would be great. He looks back at the computer. I'm assuming it's near this outpost. It's allegedly at that outpost. It scales the map uh, so it shows an even wider area and he'll point to a spot. So real quick, out this outpost is north east of Ocean Grove out a little ways past the city. He'll point to a place that is a little west of that to where the mountain ranges are kind of started, but he points to a place in a forest. Get to here, and I will provide you with cover. Okay, and Savannah's going to, like, stare at it and try to, like, memorize it as exactly as she can and then ask him, are there any other details here that could help steer us to exactly where this is, a weird tree, a rock, anything that we can really mark this by? If I sent you, I will 
let you know and, and give you a beacon. Okay, myself, Zach, Dylan. Yes, anyone in your group. Thank you. Be careful. Do my best. If you're facing a visitor, he has his own guards and you will be on his turf. His reinforcements are plentiful. That's why I'm hoping you'll help us not get killed. I would very much like that. Me too. Well, thank you for all of this already. This information is helpful. He'll nod. Uh, if there's anything else I can do, please. I don't think so. I think we'll just see you. Perhaps we can check in near Outpost 1 tonight around 4 a.m hour before we are supposed to go in there. Yes. Do you have a... Uh, would you like to meet at the point where we will rendezvous later? I think that would be prudent to be able to find it later. Yes. And he'll, like, kind of gesture to the door. She'll assume that that's leave. <laughs> and she'll start to leave, but she'll ask, like, right before she she leaves, she'll be like, oh, how is Katie doing? Yes, she is acclimating nicely. I think that we've um, provided her with commodities that she does enjoy. We're very good at making people comfortable. I'm at TV. Uh, TV, food, a lounging area. She enjoys exercise equipment and is ecstatic um, with all the dogs that are that we keep around her. We bring a bunch of puppies. I understand how that would make someone enjoy a space immensely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, and I'll see you soon. Yes. And she'll head out, morph back to Owl, same sort of spot that she was in before, and head back. Zach. I don't even think that I bothered going back upstairs because I want to stay in the morph. Honestly, we'll probably go to that little residential area that's down there, you know, uh, where all the like beds and stuff are and just kind of hang out. I'll talk to Max, Maitea, if she decides to chip in. Yeah, she's, she'll stay in there with you guys. Uh, she doesn't talk too much unless you got questions you ask her. No. Uh, while we're sitting there, I'm just going to, like, kind of... I'll be doing movements to try to, like... I'm just getting used to this body. Max kind of watches you do that, and he says, Ah, yes. A little training would uh, help to pass the time. And he stands up, and you see he starts doing these motions with his tail blade. One back, uh, it flicks forward. He kind of moves it to the side, side to side. Uh, looks pretty cool. He does that for a little bit, and then I just kind of stand in front of him, and I kind of get in some kind of a, what I think looks like a fighting stance, and I go, eh? And maybe we can do, like, some really slow parrying and blocking. Yeah. And... Nice. He walks you through it, and he'll give you, like, some, a little bit of pointers as far as blade fighting. He'll, like, use his tail blade to kind of lift yours, your wrist blade up, like, in a blocking position, but... 
after a while, you guys are slowly moving through like positions. And... Yeah. Cool. After about an hour, um, we'll stop and I'll just go. All right. Um, I figure we should go check in on him. See if he's decided to make it, make a move. Yes. Okay. I'll head back in. Um, I want to sneak as much as I can up to the door. I don't want him to know we're coming. You get back to the door, you're sneaking up, and you see his head is in there, and it's moving around again like he's trying to get his bearings. And he's, like, kind of tried to roll around. Looks like he's been struggling a little bit in here. Any progress? No. <laughs> no. Awesome. I'm going to really, really abruptly, like, slam a door. I want to scare the fuck out of him. <laughs> The only progress that he makes... It's a little hork your fart. <laughs> ...is when you <laughs> you bust in this door and he kind of pushes himself kind of back towards the wall in surprise as you come in. So, we feel like we've exhausted all of our options yet? He is frantically, like, moving the head back and forth. It's not going to... Well, I don't know what you're trying to do, but that's not going to do anything. Keep doing it, I guess, but you're not getting anywhere. Again, your one and only opportunity to survive is to come out of that head. His head does lower. He knows now that he's beat, and you know that he believes you, that this is his last chance. But he still doesn't speak. I'm going to give it just a couple minutes. I'm just going to stand there until he does anything else. If you stay in there for about 10 more minutes, he'll kind of like shuffle to where he's sitting back up and grunt <laughs> and start to kind of pull at the chains again, trying to, you know, break them. No progress. He can't get them, but he's trying. This is the efforts of a desperate creature. Yep. But a proud one. I'm going to switch tactics a little, and, and just in thought speak still. I'm disappointed. I, I had heard that at least the elite of the Yurk race were somewhat intelligent. I see that those rumors were unfounded. The head stops moving. Be it as it may, I will die in this hork that is so. And then you just see a hort smile creep across his face as he lowers his head. The smile is forced, and it's like he's probably been in some kind of training that tells him to do that in this kind of situation. Just to, to Max and honestly to Maitea, if I knock out the hort can the Yurk still leave? That is what happened with Katie. So do we want to use a crystal? This was just a max, not to my favorite. Yes, if you think that would be the most efficient way. Prince Savannah did say to use the crystal sparingly. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I kind of feel like leaving him active <laughs> is a worse idea. But, I mean, we know he can't get out at this point. He's, he definitely would have done so if he could have by now. So, um, I guess we'll just let him stew. Before I leave the room, 
I am going to uh, grab the barcuterie board mm -hmm. from wherever we left it and grab some piece of bark and kind of test it with my own hork beak and kind of crunch it a little bit so it makes a good sound. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, don't forget to feed the host. We need it healthy when you die. And then I'll set it on the ground in front. So you'll have to uh, like bend down and eat it with your, just your beak. I'm not going to give you your hands. You understand. <laughs> okay. I'll be back to check on you in a little while. And then I leave again. I'm going to have to demorph at this point because I'm going to give him another hour. I'm going to get far away from the door before I demorph. I don't want him to hear the sounds. As you kind of get back upstairs after all this, the Andalites join you and Dylan and Cameron are up there. Dylan? Um, I think that she is, she's got the gloves that she brought the last time, one of the last times, um, and she's just sort of gingerly flipping through that notebook, the journal. Oscars? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, give me an intelligence check. Okay. As Dylan is looking through Oscar's notebook, you see that this writing is so smudged, the, the pages are so brittle that it's hard to kind of even turn them without them crumbling. So you have to be very, very careful. Well, you manage to cipher out an entry. To whomever these find, today while picking up supplies from Ocean Grove, I noticed a woman looking at me. I noticed because I was looking at her. Her dark hair, brown eyes, her skin was glowing in the sun, and I'd be damned if I was the only one who noticed it. I didn't get a chance to talk to her. Her father, or whatever the man was, hurried her on before I got the chance. Maybe I'll see if I can spot her again when I go in next. I could take her some flowers if I went closer to the mountain. That's my plan. Tomorrow I'm headed to the mountain to find a flower as pretty as she is. In high spirits, Oscar Chaplin. Okay, Oscar. When Zach comes upstairs, he's just going to kind of say to the room, I guess it's just Cameron and Dylan, we're making some progress. It's slow, though. I don't know if it's going to come out. You mean to go down there and rough him up a little bit? Polar bear? Uh, dude, I've been a hork for the whole time. Like, I don't think roughing him up is going to help. But I do think I've been kind of scaring him a little. So we'll see. I'm giving him time to stew right now. Just letting him marinate in it, you know. Some time will pass, and Savannah will return. We'll get back, land on the porch, demorph, and go inside. Right, any, any progress? Anything? Hi, any progress? No, I, I mean, I think I've scared him a little bit. We verified he can't break out of the chain, so that's pretty good. Uh, but that Yurk is standing there, man. He's... He says he's going to die in the in the Hork-Bajir. We know if that happens, it's going to go crazy. So, I don't know. I don't know how else to get him out. I mean... I, I've... The first time around, like, I let him 
kind of stew for about an hour and went back and I think that that helped um and I I'm doing that again. I've got and I look look at a clock and I just, you know, I've got like 10 minutes left before I was going to head back down. Okay. Uh well, less time than that actually. So if you have any like 5 minute ideas, otherwise we're going to have to go out to make it to the uh to the meadow. Okay. So this is the, the last last chance here. This is our last chance. All right. Max, you want to go down again? Dylan sort of coughs a little bit. What's up? I have a I have a really bad, no good, monstrous idea. Let's hear it. <sighs> she turns to Max and Maitea, and she's like, "Do you guys know a lot about Horkbashir anatomy?" Max says first, "I am." Well versed in what the Andalite people as a whole know, Matea says, yes, I know about them. Uh, okay. Do you know any place where you can hit this thing where it's definitely not going to die, but it thinks it's going to die? The hork are a pretty resilient species. They can heal from most wounds pretty quickly. Yep. That's assuming that you remove the thing that's hurting them. Right. They can take blows to the head and still be okay. Yeah, but they have vital places that, that you could injure them and they would believe that they would die. Yes. So you're thinking, like, trigger a panic response? Yeah. Savannah's like looking at you. You can just tell she's trying to hide a like laugh the whole time you're talking about this. Like she just keeps giving you these looks of like it's almost like an are you serious but then like trying to like recompose herself. I think Dylan's going to like misread that and she's gonna be like I don't like it either. I know it's not good. I hate it. Uh-huh. Hey, how resilient? You said they're resilient, right? Like they can heal a wound? Yes. Could they heal a lobotomy? Oh my god. Okay, I was going bad. You're going real bad. Look, man, if they can heal it, you know, it's just like if we were in a morph. I'm just saying, the yurk's in the brain. If we could get to it physically, we could at least record it. I thought we were doing bad ideas. <laughs> I thought it was bad ideas time. I mean, it it is, but Dylan's idea was kick him in the balls, basically, and yours was lobotomize him. The thing is, with Hork-Bajir, you may be able to cut to the brain and them heal from it, but extracting the yerk would could damage their brain. I don't know about getting it out, but like, it's just, it's like a shell on the brain or something, right? So we could touch it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Dylan just ugh, shivers. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Look, again, I just thought it was bad ideas on the table time down to the last few minutes here. If that's the thing we could do and we need this morph for plan B. And he, like, just looks at Savannah. He goes, come on, 
Prince, what do you want to do? Uh, that's... I mean, I think that that might work. Is there... They're slug creatures. Is there... Is there anything we could do to trigger an involuntary response to make them let go of the brain? Something like here, if you put salt on a slug, it, it shrivels up and dies. Perhaps we could trigger some response in the yerk to let go and extract it ourselves. The Andalites glance at each other and then look back to Savannah. We have never tried anything like that that I know of, says Axe I'm not sure if it will work or not. They're an aquatic species. Are they not? They do live 98% of their lives in a yerk pool if they're never able to get a host. So if their bodies are exposed and we can do something to dry their skin out or something like that, but perhaps? Perhaps. Maximilian agrees. Maybe the, you know, the trance that you go into and you get recorded, maybe that'll make it shrivel up some? That's also a thought, you know, maybe. Okay. Let's try it. I think perhaps we should use one of these crystals just to spare the Horkvajir as much pain as we can. Yeah, getting your head cut open does, probably doesn't feel good. Probably not. We could try kicking him in the balls first. And if that doesn't work... I'm just saying, like, you know, there's there's an escalation pattern. Does he have we balls? We're not really kicking um, him in the balls, Cameron. It... That would make me. That would trigger me. Right. The hork ball jeers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we don't, don't have work. much time. Should we? Sorry, do this? you're right. Um, where where do I hit him if I want him to think he's dying? That's a terrible sentence. He says, looking at Max. Uh, Max looks to Matea. Matea looks to you, and she says, "Their hearts are." In the sternum, in the middle of the sternum. If you go deep enough, that should do it. It should trick him. He won't know. I'll try that first. And if that doesn't work, I'm slicing in. Don't go too deep or you will kill him. If that is not your, you know. Perhaps, Maitea, you could assist in this. Yeah, you got a blade. Don't fucking kill him, though. Max, could you do it? He says immediately. <laughs> Max looks back and forth from Matea to Savannah to Zach back to Savannah. I'm fine, Aximili, with you being the one to actually slice them open, but Matea has the expertise, correct? Correct, but and she like pulls her blade in, in front of her. My tail blade is not conducive to clean wounds. She looks back to Max and she says, uh, maybe he should do it. It's a metal ass thing to say. Okay. Alright, let's go. Um Hey Cam, can you grab the salt? Yeah, yeah. Runs to the kitchen. He goes already heading downstairs. Oh shit. Uh, and beginning the, the he catches up to you. Throws the salt. He was gonna hand it to one of the Andalites. I thought yeah, for Zach. sure he was gonna whip it down the stairs <laughs> after Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan just, yeah. <laughs> Dylan just looks at him. When it rains, it pours, man. Yeah. Salt sometimes. It says it on the salt. Oh, shit. It does. What does it say on the pepper? Pepper. Makes sense. It does say that. 
Um, yeah, so Zack is morphing again. He's a full big lady boy again. You get in there flanked by the Andalites. I'm going to slam the door open again. Because I liked what happened last time. He uh, startled. He stands rigid again. Time's up, Yerk. It's your third try. You going to come out? <sighs> Doesn't say anything. Just growls. Okay. And I just, like, I'm barely even wait, And I'm just going to put my wrist blade against the top of the chest. This is where your heart is, right? You feel the chest inhale and exhale deeply as and faster. That's what I thought. And I just gesture to Max. He moves forward and puts the tip of his tail blade on the sternum. And the Hork-Bajir is letting out long breaths now. <laughs> as he prepares. And you see the flesh of the Hork-Bajir start to spread and slide open as Max's tail blade slowly pushes in. And when it gets about halfway in, it stops and the Hork-Bajir is just grunting in pain. There's this red and kind of green ichor coming out of the wound. At that point, Savannah said, like, we can use a crystal. That's what I'm, I think I'm going to tell him. All right, good night. And then I'm going to click the crystal in front of his nose. You see Max kind of pull back a little bit. Which crystal? The sleepy time one. That's the white one, I think. You break the white crystal. You see the mist roll into his nose, these little nose slats right above his beak. And boom. Falls to the ground, unconscious. And then in thought speak to uh, Max, give him 30 seconds to start coming out of the head. Hopefully he will if he thinks the body's dying. 30 seconds and counting, Max says. Mateo goes 29, 28. I know how they work. Thanks. (laughs) Just tell me when it's at zero. The other 27 seconds go past it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. Okay, no, no yerk. No yerk has produced itself. Uh, no. Fuck. All right. You ready for some surgery, Dr. Max? Yes. Well, as ready as I'll ever be. All right. I fucking hate this. I'm going to start demorphing. Because I'm going to have to be human to acquire. To record a yerk. Max will take the tip of his tail blade and start to make an incision. Can I give him inspiration? You can give inspiration. Good, I'll do that. He gets an extra d10. Also gonna use Wave of Wisdom for him. Okay, how do you guys do this? Um, I'm gonna tell him, go slow, be calm, be precise and intentional with your cuts. I really think that uh, already just getting Maitea in there to help him is, is a big part of this. She'll just kind of help repeat and study and be like, you know, go slowly. Look for, like, she'll add in whatever she can that Maitea says and try to, like, just reinforce the important bits of the information that Maitea is giving him as he goes. You see the blade slice in past the skull. Precision. He's encouraged. He feels like he can do this. He has people at his back. And this is important to the mission. This is how he serves his prince. And he makes the incision. And Zach, you see that he uses his tail blade to kind of spread the incision apart. A slimy gray liquid covered in this like green and uh, red ooze. Fucking gross. 
And you do see, like, parts of it, like, pulse. I'm fully human, though. Uh, you are fully human. I'm gonna try to grab this gray snot, and I'm actually gonna, like, try to pinch it and pull it up a little bit to see if it if it's got any give. As you pinch it and pull a little bit, Axe says, be careful. Do not pull that thing too hard. It could damage the Horkbazir's brain. Okay, I, I stop that. And I'm just gonna place one finger on it and concentrate on this gray, slimy, gross nastiness. And, and record this year. You feel a tingle in your finger and then a warm sensation rush over your body. Ugh. You feel like some of the pulsating and the movement of the slimy skin that's underneath your finger stop. It doesn't like coalesce towards your finger or anything and you, you feel like from what you can kind of see and feel it doesn't feel like it's coming up off the brain at all. It's this thing's last ditch effort to say fuck you to the Andalites is not do what you want. Is the uh, the wound wide enough to dump salt in? Not dump, but <laughs> put some salt in? You could get your finger in there and you could put some in there. Alright. i try that. You put salt on it and you see like a reaction from the Hork-Bajir skin as it like this fizz of the green and the reddish liquids that make up the fluids inside this Hork-Bajir start to foam a little bit on the sides of the wound where the salt hits the yerk you see a visible like coil and like the the blob move around a little bit like you can't see edges of it but where it's wrapped around the brain you see like the the body move Max, can you make this hole any bigger? Uh, yes. And now that he has a little confidence... I can do inspiration again. And it's just going to be like, you did this so great the first time, we just need to do more. Make this hole as big as you can. I will do my best. I want there to be room for the Yerk to leave. Like, I, it, it needs to. And I need to put more salt on its surface area. So Dylan, like, hits the little intercom button and is like... Okay, says Zach, who doesn't know what hypoxia brain means. Damage. Brain, you'll give it brain damage if it gets that. Uh, we're, yeah, we're doing our best. <laughs> I know. We're trying not to hurt him, I promise. Max makes the, the incision bigger. Once more, I'm going to load up this, whatever surface of Yerk I can see with salt. Give me a medicine check with disadvantage for this. It's a five all day. Yeah, you start dumping the salt in where you can see the yerk and it spreads around and it coats the wound. I'm going to roll a save real quick. You see the hort bajir kind of like start to convulse a little bit. I don't think we can. I even like look back at the camera and I go, I don't think we can do anything else. Yeah, and I just... <laughs> smush the head back together like the wound. As you're smushing it, you see that gray blob start to move closer in towards where this pile of salt is on it. Wait. Do I think that's working? You think it's working to get to fuck the yerk up and it don't it does not like this. If so if it's become more of a blob, that means it's left parts of the brain. Yes. I'm just gonna peel the hole open a little more and 
because I'm in there now. My hands are all nasty. It's really gross, guys. <laughs> and I just put more salt in. Make another medicine check with uh, disadvantage. <laughs> it's the same roll. How did I do that? I've rolled four fours in a row. The mouth begins to foam. Dylan slams the button. Is like, stop, stop. But it's 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 coming back together. He's dying. Matea says. Yeah. Fuck. 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 Um. No more movement from the yerk. Like nothing changed. Oh yeah. It it's getting a blobby. You now see the edge of the brain of the Hortbajir. I think I just need a second. I like I try to close the wound enough that it's covering the edge of the brain, like the the exposed part of the brain. Does that make sense? But like, still give the ear room. You could, but it would just be like you closing the end of the wound. Like it wouldn't be, you know. I mean, the ear can still get out of it, but it doesn't help it anything. If that's what you're trying to do. I'm trying to help the Horkman's ear. Yeah, it doesn't help him at all, except like you're okay. just closing part of the wound. The ear's coming out. I say to the camera. <laughs> Dylan's going to turn to Cameron and be like, do we have like oxygen, anything here, like a tank of oxygen, anything like that? Uh, I don't, I don't know. We have those crystals. Maybe one of them has oxygen in it. She is going to like look at Cameron and grab one of the green ones and run downstairs. I'm going to sprinkle some more salts on this here. If it's working, it's working. I'm just going to keep doing it. Roll a medicine check with disadvantage. There was a nat 20 there and a 14. Uh, You precision this time. Instead of just dumping it in, you, like, get closer and make sure you get it just on the yerk. And it works. You see the yerk shrivel up a little bit more, and you can see sides of the brain from both ends of the wound now. Okay. Is it mostly a yerk at this point? No, it still looks flat. And the blobs are, like more towards where you've poured the salt. Like, they seem to, like, be moving more of its body towards that place. So I see that when I was doing it more concentrated, it worked better. So I'm going to dump a bunch into my palm, and I'm going to pinch some, and I'm going to start, like, really precisely sprinkling it in. Could I help with this? How do you help? What I was thinking was that what Savannah could do, because I was kind of picturing her, like, kind of being between these two, but if it's starting to work, I can say she, she came in... And she can just, like, you can see the edges of the brain and the yerk. So I think she would just, like, scoop around where the yerk, the edges of the yerk were kind of coming up to help, like, solidify that it's only in this space and it doesn't touch the hork brain. Making a yerk cup. Making a yerk cup. And then as it's, like, continued to peel up, she can kind of, like, assist with that. Like Zach, you can have advantage on this roll, which will give you disadvantage, or the disadvantage. <laughs> which will give out. you disadvantage. You have advantage <laughs> on this roll, which means you pick the lower you know number. The rules. You know the rules. As you are going to pour more of this salt in, go ahead and make your roll, and Dylan busts into the room. Savannah's kind of holding it, and as you sprinkle the salt, it runs off the side of the yerk uh, where Savannah has it. And Savannah, you kind of grip to where you're trying to keep the salt from dropping down onto the brain, and you stop it, but it it makes you pull the yerk a little bit more, and that doesn't sit well for the Hort Bajir. Uh, Dylan, I think she's gonna run into the room and push Zach out of the way. What the fuck? As you push him out of the way, this uh, we're gonna make a death save real quick. You see nothing immediate happen as you push Zach out of the way, except Savannah's right there and has the yerk kind of cupped on each side in her hands. 
It's still attached to the brain, though. As she sees this, she's like, fuck. And she hands back the crystal. And she's like, you do this immediately. Immediately. And takes the salt from him. You mean after the year's out? Immediately. Savannah's just going to cut through and just be like, do we think this crystal will affect the Yerk as well, or only the host body? So, like, the Andalites, the ones who might know a little bit more about how this would work. Max says, they haven't yet. They have not affected the Yerk, only the uh, hosts and what we've tried. Great this point. Yerk is still conscious. I can tell you that. Zach, do it. Do it immediately. And then Savannah will continue with what she's doing and, like, look at Dylan like, I'll help you. And Dylan's going to pour the salt. Okay, why didn't you just do it, he says, clicking the crystal under the Horkbizier's nose. As a team, in unison, Zach, you wait just the right amount of moment. You, you see her dump that salt in the yerk shrivel a little bit more. And as it's moving, Savannah, you scoop in and you feel... You feel one kind of like thread snap as you pull up and Zach, you snap that crystal. And as soon as you do, as soon as Savannah pulls the yerk uh, from the wound and the wound starts to close as this green mist uh, spreads into the Hork-Bajir. You guys have a yerk, an unconscious hork with healing wounds. And Savannah still has it scooped. I think she's just going to start to record it. It's in her hands. You feel the tingle in your fingers and the warm sensation across your body. We should probably all get it. It's still alive if you guys want No. To. Okay. I would not like that filth either, says uh, Matea. It is unsettling. And then uh, Max reaches in and acquires it and records it. I think Savannah will look at the camera and just be like, Cameron? Uh, you guys hear movement upstairs. Tum, tum, tum. Silence for a little bit as everybody stands there. Yeah, I'll take it. Savannah's just going to be there holding the yerk in her hands. It's it's not great. Um, I think she's just going to say, all right, uh, can someone grab me like some Tupperware and then let's go get ourselves another Andalite. I'll be right back. Here you go. <laughs> I'm so glad all of us just decided to wait for that. That was great. <laughs> it was really good Foley work too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Savannah's just going to place this thing in there, click the lid on, and not leave it in the room with the hork majeure, but leave it downstairs. Give it a shake. No. Okay. Do they even like shakes? <laughs> We don't, wait, we don't even have a blender here. What are you talking about? Put it in a blender. <laughs> Jesus no, Christ. No, give it a shake. Jesus. <sighs> just just kidding, guys. Just kidding. Trying to lighten the mood. Ball of snot. All right. I, um... I, I look at Savannah and be like, can I take the chains off this dude? Let's just leave him until we get back just in case. They're panicky. I morphed one earlier, and I don't want him to hurt himself. I don't want him to hurt himself either, but he's going to be unconscious for a while with the crystal. Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll just let him heal up. I just... I, I like. I look at the Hork-Bajir and I go, I'm really sorry, dude. And, you know, he 
obviously doesn't know that I'm saying anything, but... Alright, let's, um... Yeah, let's go... Let's go get Matea's dad. Um, on the way out, I grabbed the red sash off the dining room table. And everybody hopefully grabs a crystal. If they don't, Savannah will remind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which ones are we grabbing? Just the white and off-white? Just the white. We only have one off-white. We only got one left. Okay. okay. Yep. Do we want any green ones, just in case? Sure. All right. Um, I'll grab two green ones and uh, and then one more green one and then a white one. <laughs> so three green ones. So three. So three green ones. Yeah, I changed my mind. Zach grabs two and then he's like, one more. And then he grabs the white one. Cameron will, will take a white crystal and I don't think he'll take any green ones. Max will take a, a white crystal. Should I take some green ones as well? Perhaps we should, just in case we need them. He'll take two green ones and one green one as well. <laughs> <laughs> you must. All right. So. <laughs> Mateo won't. Uh, she'll take a white one because, you know, Savannah said it, but she won't take any other ones. Yeah, Dylan grabs a white one. Yeah, Savannah grabs one too. All right. You guys ready to go? Yes, sir. Yes, Prince Savannah. Yes, Prince Savannah. Dylan just sort of curtsies a little. Max glares at Cameron. Savannah's just going to walk outside and start morphing. Matea as well. Zach just like watches to see what they're morphing. Birds. Alice. Matea's going hummingbird. Yeah, that makes sense. It's going to be hard to carry that crystal. Savannah will help her. I think she could probably, like, as she gets more, if she does, she's able to lift the crystal, even in her hummingbird more. Zach um, takes his four crystals that he has and wraps them up in the sash. Like, he makes a burrito so that the ends are closed. Crystals cannot come out. And then he morphs. Dylan's gonna go out as well. As well. And Cameron and uh, Short-Eared Owl is... And you take to the sky. What time did you want to rendezvous? We said 4 a.m. for Xander. So we're probably going to be a little late. And he's there waiting. As you guys approach the area where he told you, you see him. And with him is Craig. Give him a warning that we're coming in. Just call out like Xander, Craig. Yeah, they perk up. If you guys uh, go down to where they are, the sound muffles when you get about 15 feet from them. And I think that's about the end of our morph time, so Savannah's going to land there and just ask, is it okay to demorph? Are we protected? There's no one within sight uh, or anyone that can hear you anywhere close. You should be good. Just to make matters extra safe, you see everything around you shimmer. Now no one can even see you. Thank you. She'll start to demorph. Matea, Aximili, and Cameron follow. Mm-hmm. Dylan, too. Cameron looks at you and he says, uh, should I go ahead and 
start. Go ahead and go to morph. Uh, they're not supposed to arrive for an hour. Let's give it like 15, 20 minutes and then you can remorph and start watching. I hope that it's not too much of an inconvenience that I brought Craig along. I figured we could expand the area in which we could shield you all with two of us. That is not an inconvenience. I will be in the spot that we discussed here. Craig will move further south just in case you need a second exit point. Thank you. Otherwise, Savannah's just hanging out. Before we leave, Zach is going to... I mean, he's been kind of sitting on the ground, like just kind of waiting, picking at grass or whatever. About ten minutes before we're going to go, he stands up. He goes, all right. Um, I've just been thinking, and I kind of want to talk to everybody. Um, Like, we've, you know, been fighting these guys for a while, and like... If we manage this, it's going to be huge. Like, this could be the beginning of us finishing this shit. So, uh, you know, we're all working really well together as a team. And I think that we can, I really think that we can pull this through. And he's he's just, it's ten minutes of this, but like, it's encouragement and pointing to specific examples of like, Cameron, that time that you, you know, pulled this off, you know, whatever. Specific things. um, For every person here. Uh, Even Maitea. And just shoring up everyone's resolve and uh, everyone gains uh, 1d10 plus my charisma modifier. Temporary hit points, right? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Cameron will, like, put his hand on your shoulder and just nod to you after, after your speech. And then about that time, he'll look to Savannah again and start them off. Savannah's waiting for him to give like an initial report on what's going on because he should be about 20, 25 minutes ahead of when the feeding schedule is. So she's waiting to hear what, what he can see. He'll fly over. It takes him about 15 minutes to get there and back. And he'll say, There are a couple of Hort-Bajir out and patrolling around the area. It looks like, I don't know, if I had to guess, prepping. Okay. Then let's go in and start seeing what we can do. And uh, she'll start morphing. And she's going to go to Hort-Bajir. I think for... Axe. So he, she already said that he and Maitea would be looking at the ship. I think as she's morphing and you know transitioning from speech into thought speak, she's going to be going. So you guys are going to that to the ship to see if there's anything that can be done there. I think you guys could stay as Andalites, and that way you can be ready to morph if need be. But you guys are deadly in your right now, so then probably switch. And then so I think that you can stay like that. I think the only other information I can give you is that the only point of access that they have, and this will be open to like everybody, including uh, Craig and Xander. I think the only point of access that they have to get up here reliably is that little shack. So if we can block the door, block the entryway, we can control how many come up from the York pool. Is that the only way that we can go down? Well. There's always jumping through the big open hole if they open up that bay door sort of thing, but 
Otherwise, yes. Okay. Back is just going to straight start talking to Savannah. Be like, Porpoiseur, mine at least was panicky, so just be ready for that. Um, you're you're safe here. Like, we're as protected as we can possibly get. It's going to be cool. Everything's going to be fine. As you finish your morph, Savannah, you are surrounded by beings that this mind doesn't know. The quickest way to escape is to jump up into the trees. Perfect. The rest of you see as Savannah just leaps straight up and grabs a branch and pulls herself up into the tree. And as your panicked mind starts to get ready to jump and like your body coils, as it uncoils, roll me another wisdom save. Well, that's just rude. Yeah, you take off in the direction. You all all see Savannah take off in the direction of the outpost. Shit. Zach starts morphing for this year. Savannah, not yet. They're not even out there yet. Make another, another save. Okay. Did you crit 20 again? Nope, be rude. I got really high though. <laughs> not high, high enough. enough, baby. Uh-huh. As you're swinging through these trees, brachiating? Is that right? Yeah. yeah as, you're, as you're brachiating. Thanks, Nate. In the middle of a swing, you regain your mind. Oh, sorry. Got it back. I'm just going to reverse more. Okay. Zach sits back down. She'll come back there and be like, all right, so I will take, I guess, the northernmost point, and then Zach, Dylan... You guys don't have to go to Horkvature, which just might be helpful, but you can use your battle morphs if you like. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Horkvature. Uh, I think, judging by what you just did, <laughs> you can, they can be in the trees as much as an orangutan can. So, mm-hmm. um, And then I'm going to go ahead and put the red sash on, if that's cool with you, uh, my prince. Dylan's going to like rub her hands together. And be like, okay, be ready, y'all. I'm going to do it, too. Let me go first, and then, like, if the two of us are here, maybe he won't panic as bad. And then I'll start more. And the tail shoots out, get big spikes, and I get real tall, etc. All right, go for it. She starts to concentrate, and she's like, okay, but I also have to tell you that, like, this is kind of fulfilling a childhood dream of mine to become a dinosaur, and then does it. I think that what what happens first is all the spikes come out. So she's just like a person with bony spikes everywhere. And she's like, I don't, I don't. And then her neck starts to go up and then her, the rest of her body elongates and you hear the bones cracking and everything moving and shifting into place. As that last blade tinkles in the moonlight, make me a wisdom save. Bye Dylan. There are creatures you've never seen before. There are also creatures that you have seen before, but that doesn't really make it. It makes it a little less scary, yes. But you still jump up into the trees and start to take off. Zach immediately gives chase. Savannah's not going to be chasing. She's going to try to keep up, but she's trying to not corner or push forward or look intimidating. Just kind of keep pace. In Dylan's panic state, she's kind of like looking over her shoulders and watching you guys chase her and keep up with her, but you guys managed to do that. Dylan, as you see both of them, you can make another wisdom save. But yeah, you regain your mind. Helpful, you said. 
This thing is like a horse. It is. Oh. It is similar to a horse, actually. Interesting. Zach looks down and he goes, Ah, you've seen different horses than me, I think. The brain, Zach, the brain. I think Max is more like a horse. Yeah, good point, Cameron. I've never seen inside of a horse's brain, so I don't know. Whoa. That's deep, man. I meant physically. It's probably gray. Literally. Because I was looking at a Hortbegier's brain earlier. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Forget it. Yeah. It's cool. Um, I'll take south. Is that good? Sounds great. All right. Good luck, everybody. And then Zach moves off. And Savannah's fully relying on Cameron to keep telling them, like, where to go, how to avoid hork or not avoid them at this point, but how to get them and knock them out. What time do you want to get, like, to that area? Like, 10 to 15 minutes before. As you guys kind of spread out, Cam gives you directions and kind of guides the Andalites to where they need to go. He's going to bring them up kind of from the south. So they're with you for a little way, Zach. Cameron will fly around, kind of look, and start calling out where he sees these two Hortbegier that he saw earlier. They're starting to form a perimeter around the meadow. Uh, it looks like a couple of more are coming out as well. I'm counting four. Savannah, if you move directly to your south from where you are, You'll run into one. Got it. Uh, are they all coming from that small shed? Yes. Great. Uh, Zach, hey. there's two towards the southern point. The other one seems to be just meandering around in, in this little fenced-in area right outside the shack. Is it moving with purpose, or is it just kind of wandering? Uh, it's looking around, but it's it's not going too far away from the shack. Okay. Are all these work here staying on the ground, dude, or like any of them in the trees? The ones that were out before moved from the ground and the trees. They seem to be staying pretty close to the perimeter, but yes, though they're in the trees every now and then. Okay. Zach moves higher into the branches so that if anybody's in the trees, he'll see them. They'll be lower. Uh, and he said there were. I would run into one if I went which direction? Basically, if you head towards where the clearing is. Are they in the woods, man? Like, if I took one out, would someone see me? Uh, he takes a pause. They are moving from the shack towards the woods. Yeah, they'll they'll be at the woods in a ten seconds. Zach tries to get in position. I want to be higher up in the trees. Of course, these trees all go to about the same height, but you get up as high as you can in them with, like, it'll hold your weight. I'm moving to where I think they'll end up being. I want to be close enough that I, uh, when I'm, when given the signal, I can attack. Uh, Dylan's like, hey, Cam, have you ever played, like, any of the Arkham games or Spider-Man? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, my, yeah, uh, yeah. My brother had it when he was, when I was younger, the Arkham games Sweet. and the spider Cool, 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 cool. Uh, you want to direct me to do a drop attack on some guys? Oh, uh, yeah. They're, you're coming from the uh, the west, right? Yeah. yeah and 
uh, you see him kind of fly over you real quick up in the air. Right now, it doesn't look like anybody is, is near your air. Oh, wait. Uh, there are more coming out now, and they seem to be spreading. Two more just came out, and Dylan, one of them looks like it's going to the west. If you guys want to take them by surprise, it's probably a good time. But yeah, Dylan, I'll help you position as well. Hell yeah. As you guys approach, you will start to see the movement and where these hork that Cameron kind of pointed out. And yeah, you guys are going to get a surprise round. Let's roll initiative. First up is Zach. That's right, I am. All right. I'm going to communicate to Max and Maitea. There are two hork here. There's one very near me. And I'm going to try to take him out and swap places with him. If you guys can incapacitate the other one, that would be fantastic. Because I'm pretty sure he's going to hear me. He went into the uh, tree line and climbed up like the first tree. He's still underneath you, but he's moving through the trees. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm going to drop down onto him. What I want to do is grab his neck on the way down and just suplex him. <laughs> kind of get him in the air and go all the way to the ground and, and suplex him, roll your damage. We'll say he wasn't very high up, but he was kind of high up, so we'll give him 2d6 extra. So 13 damage. And as you both kind of hit the ground, he uh, lets out his air. <laughs> he, he's taken by surprise and his breath is kind of, he's breathing deep. Uh, as soon as you do that though, the Andalites come out. Not out into the, into the meadow into the tree line where the other hork is starting to climb the tree. Axe will will take a tail attack. Uh, he's going to try to keep it non-lethal. That'll hit. Oh, dang. He, like, slices part of the leg that this hork has on the tree. Climbing up, and it'll take a second attack. Uh, the hork staggers, and it takes his second attack and hits him. He'll fall to the ground, and then Mateo will run up do the same. As he's on the ground, she will swing her tail. Zach, you you watch this. You see the teeth of her blade shine in the moonlight as it the sharp end goes directly towards this hork chest. And at the last second, she turns the tail blade sideways and knocks him in the head, and he's knocked out. Do we want to have one of the Andalites morph one of these hork to take his place? At this point, I don't think so. I believe we'll want them to be Andalite. They can record it if they like, but I think having them being able to switch between what bodies are most useful is good for us. Gotcha. Savannah, uh, the one is approaching you. It was near. Just be ready. Help action. Max already went. Savannah's up. Alright, uh, yeah, Savannah's going to get ready. Uh, she's going to try to be above it to drop down, and as it approaches and she sees it, she's aiming right for that that place, that the, you know, right on the temple. She's going to try and knock him out right from the get-go. He's close enough now. Okay. You do see as this one is walking, he is close to this ledge. You're in the street lap. You hit him and take him off guard, and he kind of staggers, but he does not fall. Okay, so I just hit tail then. Does it does 17? 17 will hit. Okay. He looks pretty beat up, but he's like, 
wavering back and forth, got one hand on his knee as he pushes himself back up to face you. Dylan. Dylan's going to follow suit. And this one is walking past. So I'll give you a claw first. Yep. With advantage as you jump out of the tree. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like what she wants to happen happens, Austin. <laughs> she is going to take this thing by surprise and hit him real hard. This blow hits this Hort-Bajir and he seems dazed and confused. He staggers and like he's against this ledge and he kind of like puts his arms out to balance himself. But he's still up. Cool, cool, cool. And then I'm going to do a spin and put like all of my fucking weight into that tail and crack him on the side of the head. As you cock back and you swing your tail as hard as you can, he manages to duck and fall like to the side and your tail just uh, blade sticks into the ground. You pull it out and dirt flies up as he's like looking down, looking up at you from the ground as he's uh, dodged this attack. Next up is the Hort-Bajir who will stand up and try to hit you back. That was a surprise round. That's right. So he's fin- his turn finishes. They're not surprised anymore. The surprise <laughs> condition is over. Matei already went out of turn. Uh, top of the round. Zach. I'm going to punch him right in the temple where their brains are. Yeah. Because I got a hork anatomy lesson earlier. Their brains are I in gotta... their head. Their hearts are in their chest. Yeah, yeah. They eat bark. Which is good. I didn't know all that. Uh, so I'm just going to... Try, try to punch. Is a 24 sufficient? <laughs> 24 is sufficient. Excellent. I'd like to do some damage then. Non-lethal. Alright, finally. Sick and tired finally. of killing everybody. Alright. It says 8 piercing, but it's not. It's bludgeoning. Bludgeoning. What does that look like? <laughs> Honestly, it looks like I dropped out of the trees, grabbed this dude by the neck, and he went pop! And then I went pop! And just knocked him in the head, and he went poof. Does he have a Dragon beam? You thoroughly search this one and you do not find a dragon beam on. I'm just gonna hold position. I, I'll, I'll tell Savannah, like, my tear taken out. Excellent. Uh, I'm still working on mine. Anything you need me to do? Just help out. Alright. Max will move in the tree line. I'm seeing the, like, kind of what's going on out on the battlefield. He's going to move towards, like, the upper right to try to sneak behind the shack to get in. We're going to see if this horse here sees him. Andalite! Aximili is caught as he gets about right here. Well, it'll take the rest of his movement, though. As he runs, Savannah. I think Savannah has to finish engaging the horse in front of her. She will try a claw attack first. This Hort-Bajir is like staggering around. You swing, but he manages to just get a blade up just in time to block your claw. Then tail attack. But he is unaware and does not see your tail coming as it swings at him. Oh man, she's going to do her best to like swing that tail up like again, hit him somehow. Listen, physics be damned. She's going to try to hit him in the head with her tail attack and just knock this thing out. He is on this ledge. She wants to keep him up there. And in fact, I think she would probably drag him further into the trees just so his body's, you know, not like, she's not going to take the time to like super, like heat him, malark him, but she is going to drag him into the tree line. Yeah, just pull him off like the, out of the open. Yeah. Dylan. 
I'm gonna hit this guy. Get his ass. He's also near the ledge. So I'm gonna I'm climb first. Claw, yeah. Yeah, 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 I do. Again, it was non-lethal. I'm not killing this guy. I just, I go in like I'm gonna full paw to the side of the face and I turn my hand and crack him right across the temple. Nice, and he just falls like a ton of bricks. Next up is the Hork Bajir. As he said, Andalite, uh, the one on the left over here was also alerted. He'll see the tail end of Axe and Dash jump over the fence. The other uh, Hork Bajir will chase. Can we all kind of hear this going on? Yeah, you guys are like have high vantage points, and Zach is right there, so everybody can see this kind of happening. Mateo will run in, clear the fence. I guess she'll go diagonally so she can get behind this Hork Bajir and she'll make a stealth check. Not great. The Hork Bajir notices her behind her, so no advantage as she takes an attack. Mateo hit. Second attack, flat into the tail blade to both sides. Uh, Eleven will miss. Cameron will swoop down and take an attack at the Hort Bajir closest to Max. So you're up. Okay, Zach is gonna run out and in Hort Bajir, like you know, his actual voice is gonna go, "Andalites, where? Where Andalites?" And then uh, pretend he's running up and then just attack one of the Hort Bajir. Right, yeah, I'll give you advantage <laughs> for that. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to hit the one in the back. And it's flanking, so. It do be flanking. So that's a fitting. Fitting hit. Six piercing. Was, oh, I didn't declare non-lethal, so. So he's dead. No. <laughs> so I slashed him. He looks back over as he takes this blow to the back, and he's, like, confused that a, uh, one of his brethren is attacking you. <laughs> I'm not done yet, so I'm also going to use Distracting Strike. Uh, when you hit a creature with an attack, you, you can expend one superiority die to distract the creature, giving your allies an opening. Uh, you add the superiority die to the attack's damage roll. The next attack roll against the target by an attacker other than you has advantage if the attack is made before the start of your next turn. So, five more damage. What's it look like? As I'm punching him and he's going, huh? like... Uh, I guess I dig in a little extra hard with one of the claw, uh, one of the blades, as I'm just staring him cold in the eye. It it just digs a little bit deeper, rips a little more flesh. I have multi attack. Can I move over and attack this other guy? Yeah. So I'm just gonna tail attack this dude. It is a 14. 14 hits. So 10. What are you doing? This one's non-lethal. Okay. What are you doing? You Andalite? <laughs> he looks confused as an owl just comes, <laughs> comes out of the sky and breaks his uh, face. <laughs> Amazing. Take four damage, you stupid horde with you. And he flies back up into the sky. So 17 hits with advantage. Zach, you think you're about to see a horde Bajir's head get chopped off, but he flattens his blade. And briefly... There are no enemy combatants that you all can see. So we can drop out of initiative for a second. I just immediately, uh, to Max and Mate, I'm just going to say, we got to get him off the field. And I'm going to start trying to drag one into the woods. Aximili will try to drag another one, but uh, it'll be a little bit harder for him. <laughs> Aximili's struggling. Yeah. I don't Maybe think that's a struggle together, attack. they can get the other one. 
<laughs> he's not struggle attacking. <laughs> he's just struggling in general. Good, good teamwork, guys. Good work. Don't work together or anything. <laughs> this beast will not move. Matea just lets his arms go and kind of a whole. Sunk, sinks back down and starts moving towards the... Uh, stands there like this. He's too big. <laughs> Dylan and Savannah, you all can see them over like in the corner moving around, moving Horton's ear around, but you see Matea moving up still towards the uh, the shed. Yeah, Can I move my guy off into the woods and I just kind of like put his arm blades, like smoosh him into the tree <laughs> so that he's stuck just in case he wakes up? <laughs> yeah. So I'll come back and get the other one. I'll get them both off the field. Just to Van, I'm going to go, all right, do you want me to take up a position in the center of the field where these two were? Yes, let's all start. And this is like to everybody. Let's all start getting into rotation to act like we are the hork that are guarding this area. Do you want me to lose this red sash or keep it on? I mean, if there's a way you can hide it on you so we can determine it. Otherwise, make your gambit. I mean, none of them had one on. I think it'd be worse if I did. Is there any way that even if I roll it up into a small burrito again, is there somewhere I can put it? Cloaca? Is that what you're asking? No. No? I don't know if there's a chink in the the shell somewhere that they can use or anything like that. No. All right. So I'll just hold it in my fist. Hey, you want me to take it? Yeah, perfect, dude. Yeah. That does... I think that does still have the crystals. I'd take the white one out. That was, that was rad, dude. Yeah, I had to put my crystals over there and hide them. But I got these. Savannah, am I good? Should I demorph? Should I stay eyes in the sky? What? You're not that long into this morph, correct? You're only about a half hour or so? Uh, right, but I figure we're getting closer to the time that shit's about to pop off. I don't just ask him for direction. Yeah, I want you to keep looking out and telling us what's coming our way and when. I need you looking at everything and running this this battlefield and telling us if you see anything that looks like it's coming towards us in some sort of maneuver. Yeah, gotcha. Is Maitea still standing there in full sight of that front door? Uh, yeah, but she's like hunched down towards the wall. She's trying to sneak. Okay, I mean, I feel like a, a wall would be useful. Like, maybe you want to go around the corner? Am I not going in this door? Uh, maybe not. I don't know. It really depends on where this ship is. I think we're waiting for more input here. How do we get it? Just wait? If we wait and see what happens, we've already kind of taken the place of the hork out here. She'll, like, raise up and kind of back up and move behind the wall. Zach's just milling around in the middle of the field. Savannah will stay on that high path where the hork that she took out was and just, like, try to take up what they were trying to do. Yeah, Dylan's kind of marching along the path down and then back up. Can I roll a performance check to perform an act of pretending to be a hork card? You can do that as more hork come out. Uh, 22, sir. So two more Hort Majeer exit, and they notice you right there. I think while that's going on, Savannah's just going to quick uh, thought speak to, like, open but direct it at Maitea. Just, Maitea, if you see a way that you think you can quickly walk 
that entryway if we need to. That would be great while you're right there. I will look for a way. As they kind of come out and see you just kind of meandering around, they look at you and what do you do? Well, if I if I should be standing more like at attention, like I'm guarding, then I'm going to do that. What does Zach think? Um, what did he see the other two workers you're doing? They looked like they were just walking back and forth looking around. Okay, so I'm doing that. They both look at you and then turn their heads and just start walking and looking around. And as they come out, you see more figures behind them. These ones are more Hort-Vizier, but they wear red sashes across their chests as they exit. And as they exit, another figure behind them steps out, an Andalite, Visser Three. He kind of looks around. As soon as she sees him come out, Dylan's going to thought speak to Martea and be like, breathe. She's behind like a shack right now, the makeshift structure. So you can't see what she's doing. But she says, uh, yes, I am. This red sash, Hort Bajir, takes notice of you, Zach, but then he keeps moving. He just glances at you for a second as he gets right here. The viscer looks at you doesn't pay any mind, keeps his his uh, head moving. But this hort looks at you, kind of cocks his head to the side. Tarar, you are supposed to be at the out, at the construction site. What are you doing back? Where is Subvisor 11? Sent here for replacement. You are sent here by who? And Visser 3 starts to turn his head to look at you now as this conversation's going. Sub Visser 11. You were just fed. You were to stay at the construction site until the inspection was over. Why are you here? Yes. Why are you here? I could not disobey orders, my visitor. You are disobeying my orders now by being here. I didn't want him left alone. He, he told me you wanted me here. Uh, give me a deception check. 23. That fool. He thinks because he is under Visser 1, that he can just do whatever he likes. Where is he? A construction site, Visser. You join my guard as I feed. We will take care of the Corridine after we are done. Yes, Visser. And I fall in line behind a red sash. And as he walks, his stock eye glances at you. Where's your sash? was uh, removed, sir. He stops and turns. You let him remove your sash. I I follow orders, Visser. You better start following the right person's orders. Yes, Visser. He keeps moving. The red-sashed Hort Bajirs flank him. Matea moves around and joins Max. Visser 3 will move out this way. Hort Bajir here, Hort Bajir here. 
Dylan has already turned to go back up the hill when she heard the first initial like interaction. She's like, bloop, nope, not doing that. Um, in thought speak, I'm saying I don't think I can take all three of them, uh, but I'm, I'm in a pretty good spot here. Great spot. We'll come up behind you and follow you in there and see if we can get an opportunity to take out some of the Horkbajur in the rear. Um, I am presenting bravado to the team, by the way. No one knows that Zach is freaking the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> but Zach is freaking the fuck. That's out. part of your performance check. You're keeping it, you know. Thank God. Key. He's vibing and keeping it keeping tight. It, yeah. Keeping it, yeah, you know, gassed up. Dylan, you do see them making their way up the place. <laughs> Here go. She just kind of keeps pace going forward. Savannah, we're coming to you. They see you, but yeah, it's just a Hort Bajir where it's supposed to be. As I notice we're getting further and further from the Andalites, I, just to Savannah, I go, can we get, do you want Max and Maitea to like kind of circle around too? Or? Oh, that, that depends. They might be able to get down there and, and get to the ship. Although they'd still need three people to fly it according to, to Xander. So, sure. I, or maybe we want a polar bear nearby. I, I don't know. Right now, Cameron's keeping them from being able to surprise us with a lot of extra hork that we wouldn't know about. I want that protection. As the viscer keeps moving, you see him stretch his andalite legs a little bit. This hork climbs into this tree. This one does climb into this tree. Uh, so he's just watching the viscer. The viscer starts to take off. Zach is gonna also get up, he's gonna get up in this tree climb just a little bit higher than the other two horses here. As Cameron watches him, he'll kind of relay back. He seems to be staying in a, within a certain area of the the meadow and, and everything. He's not going too far away. Dylan, he's already passed by you. Savannah, he'll be passing by you soon. Moving in predictable patterns. Watch us for a second. I mean, he's, he's moving around in the trees and everything, but yeah, he seems to be moving in a running the perimeter is what he looks like he's doing cameron do you think with your direction i could get down lower in the tree and break off one of these crystals as he's running through it i can try to help you time it should we give it a shot hell yeah do you want me to like be ready to take out one of these any of these workers here like Yes, just let's start taking them out if we see the opportunity. I'm going to make an attempt on Visor 3, so this could go very poorly very quickly. Zach's going to, in a way that just looks like he's just kind of adjusting, move maybe like a branch closer to one side so that he's ready to pounce on when the work bajir Dylan's going to stay sort of between the hork bajir that is not one of us on the right, the red sash one and where Visser's going to be, and Savannah, waiting to see which way she needs to, she's needed most. I think in a tree, she's going to try to be aiming for, like, not visible, but, like, at head level for the Visser, so that it's, like, when Cameron says go, she's, like, bursting this thing out into where the Visser is running. Give me a stealth check as you uh, move into the tree. Okay. I'm going to tell her, 
the best way to drop out of a tree. So, like, you, we have to agree. I'm an expert at that shit by now. Yes, he, he has a tree <laughs> I've house. I've done it in so many. I love trees. It's I have a tree, tree house home. At, yeah, a tree. Wait, a tree home. So I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend like getting in a position where you can hook your your knees over the branch and flip down upside down, uh, really quickly, and then you're you'll be at the right height. Let's hope for the best. A dice of inspiration, if you want to use it. Yeah. For the stealth check, I might keep it. For I might save it just in case there's something I can do to help out with with my second part of this plan. Yeah, so you, you feel pretty confident in this, in your stealth check up in the tree. As the viscer runs through the forest, he shoots through and he's about he's about to pass the tree and Cameron's like, get ready, get ready, Savannah. You see the blue blur of the Andalite moving through the trees and he's heading right for you. As he gets closer, Cameron says, all right, now. And you can have advantage. So that's a 13. And with and with and inspiration, inspiration please. It's a 1d10. You have your blades hooked into the tree. Lean back and drop down just as you come face to face with an andalite. And you crack the white crystal in front of his nose. You see the mist seep out and you're at first afraid that it's going to go into your nostrils but him being surprised he <gasps> takes a deep breath and you see the nose slits inhale the white dust he looks back looks at you and he like looks over his shoulder doesn't see the hort vizier anymore because they're up in the trees you were just behind me uh, roll initiative boy howdy I hate this and I don't want to all of us everybody yeah I'm so fucking tense right now, y'all. Yeah, I don't like the way... <laughs> I am so... Oh, man. I don't like how this feels. It was honestly the moment when he walked out of the shack. I was just like, oh. The yerk in this court bajir's head that's next to you, Zach, is going to roll an intelligence check. Love it. Uh, give me another performance. Another one. Another make one. it good. Make it a good one, too. Oh, I have um, no option but to make it good. Oh! You advantage? Fucking advantage, baby! Yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time on performance checks. Don't let your parents tell you TikTok isn't good for anything. He looks at you and he says, huh. You have a brother? Two. Two? <laughs> Two brother. One sister. You? No. <laughs> he jumps from tree to tree. <laughs> Closer oh. to the biz. Him leaving? Okay. But fuck, there goes my fucking plan. Well, you have an opportunity attack. Oh, there goes there goes my fucking plan. Da -da -da. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pouncing him. As I go, you? Ah! 17 hits. I love that. I'm also going to use Distracting Strike. That's another superiority die. Three more damage. He does, like, jump away. Lands in this tree and looks back at you. Oh, that is not your brother. And he jumps back over for the rest of his movement. Take his attack at you. Oh, he's taking an attack against me. Who's claw? 21 to hit? Oh. Yeah. Five piercing. And then like he 
grabs a branch above him and like lifts up and swings his tail at you. Uh, 13 to hit. Does not. Misses with his tail swing. Next up is a regular Hork-Bajir who are kind of not really privy to what's going on. Not yet at least. So they're just kind of meandering around. They'll switch spots. That's what you do on patrol. Switch spots. Savannah, you're hanging in front of Visser 3. That's a thing. Uh, very first thing she's going to do at this point is hit him directly with the crystal, and it did not seem to work. So that's fun. All right. Anyways, moving right along, I guess, she's just going to react immediately, and the visitor's surprised, it seems, right now. So she's going to try to hit him in the temple. 17. Hits. And I... I think she'll try to immediately swing down for that tail attack, knowing full well it takes her out of the tree. Huh. What did you, what are you doing? Dylan is going to give a low rumble and run forward to where Savannah and Visser 3 are and say, my Visser! And look like she's going to push Savannah out of the tree, but then like juke him at the last second with a crystal in her hand and pop it right in his face. Nice. Uh, I'll give you just advantage on that. Like, you, you fucking shook him. Roll a strength or a dex up to you, raw dog. You pop the crystal, but he manages to, like, jump back just in time, and the uh, mist just dissipates in the air. Thought speak to the group. Round two didn't work. First, he'll use a legendary action, and you'll see his body start to shift around. It is his turn. He's going to use a tail blade attack as he kind of jumped back. At first, he'll use it with the stalk I still trained on Savannah. He's going to use it on her. 18. Yeah, that'll hit. Uh, for eight slashing. And then his second one, he'll follow through with the swing and try to aim for your chest, Dylan, for a 17. Yeah. Nine slashing. See him? He's surrounded by two orc that are breaking whatever these things are in front of his face, but taking him by surprise, he's going to use action surge and attack again. Uh, first one against Savannah. For a 25 to hit. <laughs> Nine slashing, and second one against Dylan. He misses his second tail blade. He will run, though, so you can both take a top opportunity attacks if you want. Abso-fucking-lutely. Abso-fucking-lutely. <laughs> Cameron, get over here with that white crystal. You have the last shot here. Gotcha. 15 will hit. Uh, Dylan's going to aim for that tail. Okay. Uh, do you want to try to cut it off? I would very much like to try. You, this is going to be a called shot, and we're going to institute it right here. You're going to take disadvantage on the attack and a negative five, but if you hit, you can sever the tail. Can I? I have an inspiration. Can I give it to Dylan? I have one. I have one. And I also have Lucky. Don't eat it. Don't fucking eat it. Hell yeah. Fuck yes. Tell me what it looks like as you slice uh, however much of the tail off you want. She's going like like mid tail. So it's it kind of fucks with his balance a little bit too as he's running and it's kind of flopping behind him. And she just she whacks right down on it with her tail and just snaps it off. You all hear, ah! and your 
brains as the viscer staggers on his hooves and will give him a uh, strength check to stay up and not fall prone. <laughs> he falls down. Zach's gonna yell, just yell, Visser, to me I protect! And just see if that helps if he falls for it. <sighs> Come to me! They're surrounding me! And you see him just on the ground. I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. Uh, anything else, Zach? Is it my turn? Yeah. I'm gonna full move to Visser 3. You'll take some damage as you go. I'm right in front of him, and I'm gonna crouch down and look around, and as I'm like wrapping a protective arm around him, I have the white crystal palmed, and I'm gonna smash it against his nose holes. Crack it, and, and, and then track, trap the mist so he has no choice but to breathe. Can I give him my wave of wisdom to add to this? So what does that mean? It adds three to that to that roll. And the wave of wisdom is going to be, she's going to tell you that I got it, just missed it around before and it didn't work. You have to get in super close. 16, 19. 19, 19 will hit and you break this crystal. Cupping it over his face. It, and you see the mist only a little bit spreads out from your fingers. The rest must have gone into his nose slits. And he like, manages to use his arms to just push your, pushes it just to get it off his uh, nose and kind of like shakes his head. We are moving in, Matea says. We're gonna need the help. She stops right here when Zach says that. Oh, do you not want us to go and find the ship? I think priority one is that we get Visitor Three's host body out of here, is it not? I would think so. And I think plan B is scrapped now too. So like, we, we gotta do this now. Yes. And let's worry about the ship later. Help with this now. Matea, from her position, looks up at the ledge that she's at the bottom of, looks over and sees two other Hork-Bajirs on the path up, and we'll see what she does on her next turn. This red-sashed Hork-Bajir seeing what's going on, and this other Hork-Bajir right over his viscer is going to come up from behind him. And a multi-attack. Zap. First claw. 24 to hit, nine piercing as his tail arches over his head and uh, swings again for a 14. Does not hit. You duck out of the way of the tail. Max, he's gonna look and see this ledge in front of him. He's gonna take a run and jump. Spirit stallion of the Cimarronda. <laughs> he runs and jumps towards the ledge and he manages to like push a foot up on like the side and his head gets just above the ledge, but he doesn't make it enough to get up there, so he drops back down, and that'll be his his turn. These hork have now heard everything that's going on, and they're going to start making their way there, and they can climb. Really? hork can climb? So this one gets to the top of that ledge and get a little bit closer to the action. Top of the round, this red sash hork is going to jump from this tree to this tree, uh, down onto you, Zach, and attack. Yep. Claw, 18 to hit. Yeah, that does it. And as his tail comes over for a crit. Fuck. 24. Slashing and piercing. Savannah. Uh, what is the state of the visitor right now from what we can see visually? Uh, he's on the ground, bleeding, kind of shaking his head. 
his nose slits are expanding and uh, dilating, contracting. Yeah. Okay. She's probably going to have to turn and start fighting this horcajur that's coming up on them. As you do that, you see an owl drop down out of the sky because uh, I forgot to take Cameron's turn, and you see a little white crystal in his talons. He swoops down and he's going to use Dex. He gets right into the viscer's face. You see the talons, Zach, as they squeeze this crystal breaks and you kind of push your head back as more mist into the viscer's nose. I think she just has to turn and start fighting this work, Bajir. I don't think there's any if ands, or buts about it. 15 will hit. Okay. Uh, the first one hits the tail. He catches your tail and just pushes it to the side as you swing it at him. And then, as a bonus action, I just want to go ahead right now and use taunt, but against the Vizzer. I just want to be, like, in his line of sight, fighting this hork and, like, take a look back at him. I just want to piss him off that I was, like, the first person here that, like, came on, shoved a thing in his face. Fully use that. Through all this commotion and all, like this owl dropping down, this other hork dropping on him, covering his face, and then his hork surrounding him, Dylan coming up and, and also breaking all these things in front of his face, but in all this commotion, his main eyes and your eyes meet, and everything slows down for a second. And he, you see his brow furrow. I'll kill you! Does Dylan hear him say, I'll kill you, too? Yep. Yeah, so she's going to step forward and reach down and grab the tail blade end and swing it up over her head and down onto him. Raw dog strength or dex, you can pick. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy right Uh. now. I'm holding the blade end. I'm, I hit him with the chunky meat ham hock. In mid eye lock with Savannah, he just gets the end of his tail and just smacks him in the face. What the f***? He looks back over at you. I'm just going to like sort of lean down a little and lock eyes with him. Mm. He's going to spend two legendary actions to move his morph further. Did you guys see where you cut off that blade? It kind of folds over into this gooey red liquid. His turn concentrate even more on morphin and you guys see faster than you can morph his body is changing he's about halfway through as he's getting bigger and bigger in this red gooey stuff is is kind of coating his body but as he goes to stand back up he staggers again and starts to fall back and he falls back into you a little bit Zach I'm punching him in the side of the head as hard as I fucking can. Uh, 19. 19 will hit. This is bludgeoning damage, disadvantage, on his next rolls and all that shit. If that doesn't knock him out, I'm going to hit him again. Yeah, he does, and he <laughs> takes the blow. You can see his eyes, like, even though they're morphing and, like, changing, they look like they're confused, and they're, like, kind of going everywhere. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> if I still had my hand around him, I'm, like, holding him by the stalk eyes, and I'm just punching him on the side. <laughs> 15. 15. Hit. He's still up. <sighs> you fools. I'm going to use Distracting Strike to add a little bit more uh, damage. So that's five more damage. Then I'm going to use Rally 
to give Savannah temporary hit points. Alright, so you get eight more. I've got Savage Attacker. Once per turn, when you roll damage for a melee attack, you can re-roll the damage dice and use either total. Just using every ability I can think of. His face is bloodied now. Good. Swollen up. Cameron comes down, and since Zack is kind of surrounded, he's going to hit one of the Hork-Bajir near him. So 22 will hit. Four! Nice. We love it. He flies away. I'm doing what I can. Uh, Matea, she'll try to leap up. Swing her tailblade at this one by Savannah. She does knock this Hork-Bajir off of the, the ledge, and he falls to the ground, but... She kind of looks at you, Savannah, and kind of shrugs. He does look knocked out, though. You can see him, like, shallow breathing. Red Sash Torquezier. In a rage, as he sees the owl fly away, he's going to try to to swing at him, which he can't because Cameron has flyby. But he's going to still swing and use Bladed Fury. Uh, 15 saves, so you only take half damage. Okay. Oh, I thought he was swinging at the owl. Fuck. Uh, it's everybody within five feet of Every enemy within five feet of Oh. But it's half of that, so it's five? Half of that, so five, yes. Max will use his movement to jump up. This Hork Vizier. I mean, they're all jumping on you, Zach, and I think they're going to continue because you're, like, the closest to the Visser. I'm actively assaulting their, their leader. Yeah, I get it. Claw attack. Seven to hit. Not hit. Tail attack. Nineteen to hit. For thirteen slashing. God damn. I don't like that one. I see him. We're pulling out all the stops. The other red sash Orpagier is going to also use Bladed Fury. So make another deck save. Just passes. Still take half damage. Nine. Cameron, I'm going to need a green crystal soon, man. All right, I'm going to. I'll go grab one. Savannah. Savannah's gonna rush back in. I'll move over here. Start wailing on this guy right here. Claw. <laughs> As you like come up from behind him and swing at him, he's just uh, looks back and has like gashes in his back. Legendary action. Uh, tactical retreat. Move up to his movement with no opportunity attacks. He's gonna use one point in his last legendary action this round. And he leaps off of the ledge. Dylan's turn. Cool, 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 cool. As I see him leap off of this ledge, I'm going to tail in hand leap down on him. So another 13 damage with my ham hawk. He did not like that, and he like kind of sprawls onto the ground again as you come down with the end of his tail. And he looks up at you. <sighs> Breathing deep. His turn. He continues to morph. And he's went pretty far. But as he like pushes himself up and he looks at you and just gives you if if Andalites smile with their eyes, he's giving you like a snarl with his eyes. But you see his eyes cloud over as he drops unconscious in front of you. I've got him. Zach. Do you want to keep fighting these guys? I don't think we have much of an option, but Cameron. See if you can find Craig, if he's meandering around. Maybe we can use his strength to move the visitor out of here. On it. I'm going to attack this top guy here. Uh, counter attack. 
the Hort Magier adds what? two to its AC. So this causes the attack to miss, then he can make a claw attack. He's playing a blue deck? <laughs> All right. He, as you swing your claw, he pushes it to the side and swings his tail at you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 12 slash. Oh my fucking god. All right. I gotta hit him again. I'll hit him with the tail this time. Right in the dome. I'm gonna try to reroll that. Ugh, now I'm using the first one. He's still up. Uh, Zach is just. She says, pretty woosby. As you say that, you feel a flutter of feathers as Cameron drops down and turns over and is like upside down flying. And as he passes over your head, his talons click together and you see a green mist flowing to your. You are no longer exhausted and you gain 14. 14. You do feel your um, wounds starting to like close up though. Matea will run forward. As she leaps up in the air, she's trying to clear the Horpa's ear and swing her tail at it as she, she jumps. She misses the first attack, and she'll take the second one at the one she's fighting and misses it, too. This Horpa's ear. See if he gets Bladed Fury back. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> he does. Fuck me. Uh, make another deck save. Okay. <laughs> oh, come on, man. So that does not pass. Full damage. 11 slashing. Max. He's just going to try to slide in between Zack and all these people. Can't get close enough to attack the southern Hort Vizier. The one between oh. Savannah. Them there Hort Badgers. That there biscuit and gravy. So that's it. This Hort Vizier. Gone. Moved. That Hort Vizier gone. Red sashed. We'll just take a multi-attack. Uh, 12 to hit. Misses. Fucking misses. So he misses with both of them. Savannah. So it's just the red sash and the one right next to Zach? Both of the red sashed. Both of, okay. Oh yeah. Savannah's moving around here. So this one is between her and Zach. And she's going to, to attack it. 16 hits. Does a 24 hit? 24 hits. Okay. Cool. Still up. Uh, these guys look pretty hardy. I think I can do it again. She's gonna take taunt against this guy between her and Zach, uh, so that is disadvantage on any turns. The, the, you get it. I get it, I get it. Dylan. Dylan's gonna think to everybody up there and say, hey, do you guys need me up there, or am I good to start getting him out? Stay with the visor, move him out. Yeah, she's gonna scoop him up and start heading out. Dylan, if you want to escape the battlefield, I'll let you. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking him and I'm going. You pull the viscer out and you're at, you're out of the fight. But Dylan, as you like leave the battlefield, you do see Cameron flapping as hard as he can in uh, the direction where you're supposed to be going. Am I clear? I don't see any around, yeah. I'm, I'm still looking for Craig. If I'm clear, get back to them. Okay. And you see him bank. Zach. I think in a panic, Zach is going to use Inspiring Resolve, which gives everybody... That's my whole action. All right, real quick. Everybody gets um, 12 Will Reserve. I say everybody. Me, Savannah, Matea, Max. Matea will take some attacks. Boom, boom. She hits her first one and misses her second swing. 
he's going to use just start swinging his blades around if he can. He can't, so he's just going to swing a claw at you. 10 to hit. Zach. Doesn't hit. 16. 12 slashing. All that will reserve I just gave me. Good. After this, Hork-Majir swings down at you with his tail, or swings at you with his tail and kind of hits you in your shoulder. Max slides up and brings a hand up in between you and the Hork-Majir, and you see two green crystals in his hand, and he snaps them. 27 hit points. As this more of this green mist slides into you, into your nose. Your heart behind your nose. Unbelievable. That's fantastic. He's going to try Blade of Fury again. He cannot. Uh, Savannah, where are you? He's going to swing at you. He should. So he misses. Uh, but he will swing his tail behind him at the end. Light that's trying to slash him up. 11 misses. These Hort Bajir are pretty beat up. You guys outnumber them. I mean, anytime Zach is doing anything, it is in desperation at this point. He's come very close to death, and he knows it, and it has freaked him out. <laughs> and he's been freaked out for a little while now, so he is just windmilling. So nothing cool or graceful. Savannah is is just trying to get in there, and she knows that Zach's going down. She's trying to deliver whatever blows she can to kind of take the heat off of him and off of the others. Um, but always trying to aim for that head, that temple, to try and, and get them knocked out. So she's just reaching in and, and hitting with the flat of her blade, slashing, clubbing with her tail, anything. This just frenzy of bladed weapons in here, just swinging back and forth at everybody. Every now and then an owl will swoop in to try to uh, alleviate some pressure. I would love to, at one point, just really swing around that tail blade and knock it directly into my Taya's tail blade. Yes. Yes. And it falls to the ground. After these two drop and you guys are sitting there breathing heavily, there's more coming out. You guys gotta go. Bolton. Gone. Dylan, as you move through the forest as fast as you can. I think I am continually like stopping to check back behind me and wait to see if I hear anybody, but I'm just gonna keep moving forward. Eventually, you see Craig step out from a tree and just start waving his arms at you. Dylan's gonna be like, fuck Jesus, don't, don't do that. You'll see like everywhere around you start to shimmer. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it looks like it went good. Um, well, yes, mm-hmm. Maybe not as planned, but yes. All right. Uh, follow me. I have a car. We can put him in. Okay. We need to get everybody else. Yeah. Xander should be running around too, but okay. I can take you. Yeah. Dylan's going to head with him. Brings him to... It's not uh, the car you have seen before. It's a van. It's a bigger van. and You can put Visser 3 in there. Cool. Yeah, willingly get into the van. Absolutely. Gonna do that. It's white. Good. Even better. The windows are, are the tight. are the the windows are blacked out? Cool. Cool, 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 great. I'm in Does the it van. Is there free puppies written on the side of it? I mean probably. No and But are there are there puppies? There's no no that doesn't have it wrote on the side. Yes, there's some at least one puppy inside. Heck yeah. <laughs> 
As Dylan steps in, you just hear, oh, in a fucking hork voice. As the rest of you escape from this outpost and move further into the woods, Savannah, you hear in your head, Prince Savannah, I have lost Matea. Lost her? She was just with us. Yes. I know. She split off. I can't find her. Cameron, do you see Matea? Yeah, I see her. She's moving towards where Dylan went. All right. Uh, change course, I guess. Cameron, lead us. All right. Yeah, and he uh, directs you guys. Savannah, as you go, Xander ends up seeing you all, and he starts to travel that way, too, and he kind of meets you and expands his illusion to encompass your group, and he can keep up. Dylan, after a little bit, Matea approaches, out of breath, running hard. She eventually finds this rendezvous point. Dylan's going to pop open the door and be like, come on. She runs and hops into the van, looks down at the uh, Andalite. And his tail laying next to him. Not taking her eyes off Visser 3. I think Dylan's going to, like, grab her by the arm, like, by the tops of her arms, close to her shoulders, and be like, we got him. We got him. Okay? She looks at you. It keeps her stock eyes on Visser 3. There's a sadness in her eyes. There's anger as well. And, like, as her main eyes are looking at you and, like, into your eyes, she lets him fall down to her hand. And you see an off-white crystal. Oh, fuck. An off-white crystal? Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's going to put her hand over Maite's hand. She just looks at you. What are you doing? She turns away, just like looks down towards, back to her father. Uh, Dylan's not letting go of that hand. Yeah, after a minute, she'll kind of look back at you and say, I need to see him, to talk to him. And you can see him and talk to him when we get back somewhere where we can contain him. Promise me I can talk to him first. He's your dad. You should talk to him. If you say it, Dylan. Yes. I'll wait. Okay. Savannah, your group sees the uh, van in the distance and with the door open, Matea's in. Dylan's in there and the, and the lights on the, on the floor of the van. And she's rushing up going, all right, are we moving? We are ready, says uh, Xander. Just to Savannah, Zach's going to say, Van, do we still want to try to get somebody to, to take his place? We could morph him. We could even morph a year and be in the head. To waltz back in as Visitor 3? I know, but they're gonna they're gonna see all those bodies and him missing. And the, whatever manhunt there was before is gonna be even worse. 
We're probably not able to get him in half morph. Xander, you can take on the illusion of Visor 3, correct? And you have a Yurk. Yes. Xander, can you take his place? To what end? I, I could. For right now, just to give us a little more time to get him out of here, but potentially you could begin to make calls that could change the course of this war without committing any violence at all. This could be a great role for you. He, his hologram seems to start mulling it over. I will initiate this plan, but we will need to talk further about it. Absolutely. Makes sense. He uh, turns away from the van and runs back into the forest. Potentially, if we can get his get morphs of him later, we could switch this up, but I don't believe we can get him while he's this far morphed into whatever he's morphed into. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Cameron <laughs> drops into the uh, van. Dylan's going to start demorphing and get in the driver's seat. Craig comes to the driver's side and sees you. Oh, oh, and <laughs> goes around. I'm assuming this van's pretty cramped. Uh, it is with the hork in there, if you all pile in. She'll just stay in there as a hork <laughs> Uh Zach is definitely staying a hork All right, well, I guess I'll go back out then. And Cameron flaps up into the air. As we start to drive off, she's just actually going to look in the rearview mirror and try to make eye contact with Savannah. Like, we need to talk. She's saying we need to talk with her eyes. All right, she'll pick up on it. Zach's probably going to keep Maitea out of this, and Craig for that matter, but is going to be just sort of rattling off things as he thinks of them in very nervous energy fashion, but it's going to be like, uh, we're going to have to keep this dude sedated, like... He could escape from anything. I don't know what kind of morphs he's got, but I'm sure it's really big and really small. Uh, we're gonna, we might have to like raid a hospital or some shit and get a bunch of fucking medication. And then like, is he gonna be stuck as this half glob thing? Like this sucks. Look, how are we gonna get him back in the end? Look at him. Want? Like, look at his head. And as Aximili directs you all down, you see a slug starting to creep its way out. No fucking way. So we did this now, Zach. His feeding time, his three days is up in two hours. Well, less than an hour. Oh my god. Right, 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 right. Okay, yeah. Aximili stares as this yerk leaves Visser 3's head. <laughs> Dylan's like, what, what, what? What's going on? The yerk has left his body. Oh, forget it. Uh, Aximili's stock eyes look at Savannah. Like in a container. Savannah will... She'll pick him up. Then she doesn't know what to do. <laughs> Aximili looks at her. Just feels like we should have him answer for... So much. He will answer. He'll answer to my blade. I'm gonna private thought speak to Craig. Hey, Craig... I don't know if you've got a yerk or not, but, like, if you've got the technology to keep this dude imprisoned and alive, is that... Uh, yeah, I, I, don't know. I do have a yerk in my head right now. <laughs> he just says it out yeah. loud. Could you keep two? He says, now to everyone. Yeah, I could accommodate that. And Axe's head turns to look at Zach. And 
No, Nur. He looks back to Savannah. <laughs> you promised that I could avenge my brother. I did. It just seemed like we should try to get more information or something from him. He will die in an hour. What else can we get from him? Do you want me to put him in my brain? No. We can't get anything from him. It's his time to die. This is too valuable a resource. I'm trying to like help Savannah with a persuasion check or she can help me or something. Savannah's leaning towards Aximili, leaning towards just handing him over to Aximili. She promised he killed Elfangor. This is the Yerk that kicked this all off for them. She's leaning towards what Aximili is saying. It's a leader of the invasion of Earth. You don't get a more valuable resource than that. Zach, what do you plan to do with him? I don't know, but like, if he dies, we can't do shit. He's going to if we die keep in him an alive, hour. Not if he's contained. Maximilian, can we sustain him for a while longer to attempt an interrogation? You are my prince. It's temporary. Maximilian moves his main ass from yours to the yerk. Just stares, seething. Savannah will hand the yerk up to Craig. But, like, thoughts speak to Aximili. Aximili, I intend to keep my promise to you. I'm just trying to get a little more. A private message back. Yes, Prince Savannah. I'm trying to get if he's pissed enough that he's t gonna kind of go back on working with us or staying with us or anything like that. Like, I'm trying to ascertain the level of piss that he is. He's pissed a lot. He's pissed because, obviously pissed at Bizzard 3 and all these memories coming up. He was ready to avenge his brother because you told him when the time came, he could. And then the time was here to him. And now you took it away. But it probably will make him question some stuff. Craig takes it and... You see the hologram drop for a second. Hit part of it in his, in his neck open up. When we get the Yerk taken care of, Zach's going to kind of like look around and be like, I don't see any reason this dude has to stay knocked out right now. I think we just need to get to some sort of clearing or, or area where we have a little privacy and wake him up. We do not have okay. to get back to the cabin. Like he could, if he demorphed now, he'd be even smaller. Like I don't, we've got enough space inside this van. Van. The issue being, if he comes to and he's not fully aware of where he is, will he start swinging that tail blade around while we're stuck in this little can? But as soon as she sees like a really secluded looking clearing, she's going to pull off and she's going to sort of turn around and make eyes at Maitea and then look at Savannah and say, can I talk to you? Yes. And turn the van off and step out. And I'll go with her. When they're a few steps away from the van to where like people inside can't hear, she's going to look at Savannah and say, Maitea wants to talk to him. Yes, obviously. First. Okay. Is that all right? 
I I think it's our best bet right now too. He's going to be, I don't know. I would assume in shock, um, and not in a good mental place. So it might be good to see his daughter first. Sure, let's let that happen. And then Savannah's going to look up and see if Cameron's being following. Yeah, he's. You see him up there. We have ears in the sky, anyways. If anything goes terribly awry. Okay. With some help from the Hort-Bajir, you guys can get the half-morphed Andalite body kind of out in this field of trees, you know, in the forest, right off the road. Mateo will walk up to the forum after everybody's kind of cleared back a little bit, and she'll walk up, and as you all watch, she'll break the crystal under this amalgamation of Andalite and Blob. Mist seeps in, and slowly these eyes start to open. The eyes of the Andalite go wide when he sees Matea. Instead of being wide open, they, they kind of close a little bit. And he slowly starts to demorph. And it looks like the two of them are having a conversation in thought speak. And as he gets back to his Andalite body, Matea, uncharacteristically for an Andalite, looks over her shoulder at Dylan. And her main eyes meet hers. Her eyes are somber. And you would expect her to be happy to see her dad. But she looks sad. They even gloss over a little bit. Dylan's going to take a few steps forward. She goes to turn her head back and sees you move forward and just stops and shakes her head. Dylan stops. She turns back to face the Andalite. You all hear in your head. This is for the Hork-Bajir. And she jams her tail blade into the chest of the Andalite. He starts to bleed out on the ground and she turns and drops her head and her stock eyes to you. As we pull away back towards the construction site, but past it, we see a woman named Mila. She runs through the woods, head pounding. She staggers because she hasn't controlled her own legs in so long. She leans on a tree for just a moment. She's been running for hours. She feels the lump on her forehead. It's swelled up the size of a softball. And it's tender to the touch. She winces in pain. But slowly, a smile creeps across her face. And then a laugh. And then she's laughing while she's crying. She's finally free. She wipes her eyes and she keeps moving forward. Just in case. She's held on to hope, but she'll never rely on it. This is just the beginning. 